ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Hard to Paint with David Grubb. Uh, it's been a minute, but I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad to welcome for the first time one of the greats in Pelicans podcast, uh, the Pelicans podcast universe, the man uh, with Boo Crew Media, Propel's Talk. You know him. You love him. Lito the God. Welcome to the man, show. I'm, I'm honored, man. Thank you. Thank you. That's the greatest introduction I've ever had. I don't know if they love me, but. They might know me. You know, look, love to hate is just the same. Love to hate is just the same. <laughs> That's real. That's you know what real. I mean? Because I know, I know that, and you and I have both experiences when dealing with Pelicans fans. There are times that they hate you yeah. for being straight. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, I, I want to get your philosophy on this, but my thing has always been, it's about basketball first. Yep. And my job to a fan, in my mind, and it's not that I'm better than anybody, but this is what I study. This is what I do. You know what I mean? Like basketball is my passion, and it's what I've spent several years now focusing on. So for me, it's I want to make the game easier for you. And yeah. I want to break down the reality of what's happening for you. Fan part. That's that's for emotional. That is mm -hmm. that's something that that is inside you that I can't control. Mm -hmm. But the game itself is something I can talk about. I feel like on a level that is is relatable and enjoyable. Same. That's the way I that's the way I view it. Also, I want to. I mean, first of all, yeah, the conversation. I, the first time I met you, man, you told me you told me, and what kind of like I kind of knew I was on the right path because you was like, you know, no matter what. Just keep being honest. And I mean, e even basketball or life, whatever we're talking about, if you're not being honest, you're not, you're not giving your best self. So hell, as far as like loving basketball, man, I, I basically gave my right knee for it. I didn't have three, you know what I'm saying? I, I done tore every ligament in my right knee probably twice playing basketball. So, um, you know, that goes without saying, but I love the team for sure. But I mean, if you don't want me to be honest, then you you should not listen to my opinions because I I feel like I'm doing you a disservice if I'm not giving you the game how I see it, you know, from my lens. There, there's been so many new podcasts like this year and new people yeah. entering the fray and all these fan groups that have come in. I love that. I love the the interest. But I think what has happened is people have not gotten to the place yet where there's discernment of which lanes people serve like there's fan service lanes and there's people who do that great you know what i'm saying like there are people who, who give you that part that you want where they're always optimistic about your team they're going to tell you everything you want to hear about your team and get you fired up and then mm -hmm. there's people who are very much more down the middle with it and try to play both sides and then there's people like us who are more of like hey I don't work for the Pelicans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not my job to cheerlead for them. It's right. my job to, to look at what's going on and break it down. And sometimes I'm going to be right. Sometimes I'm going to be wrong. Right. But I'm always give you what I see. 
See, and that's the thing, man. Like, regardless of, I know there's a right and wrong in every scenario, but honestly, your opinion, your opinion is your opinion. So whether it's right or it's wrong, it's how I felt at that time. For I got, you know what? And the day was a perfect example of that. AD comes out with Russillo on the pod and he's talking about, you know, why Zion, in his opinion, why Zion shouldn't play. So the crazy thing about that is three weeks ago, and shout out to AD. I love AD. Shout out to AD. Three weeks ago, me, Five, and Justin were talking about the exact same thing. And I swear, AD, AD mirrored exactly what I said, the reasons why he shouldn't play. And people were telling me that I wasn't I wasn't a real fan. I wasn't an actual fan of podcast. I mean, of, of the of the team. And I'm like, it's bigger than just having Zion on the court. It's it's about protecting your investment, protecting him from himself. He wasn't ready to play. Listen, Zion can dunk. We know that. That's not basketball. That's not basketball. No. That's not running but, up and down the court for 24 minutes. Man, Zion has been dunking since sixth grade. I'm regardless of how I know I know he can dunk. I'm not worried about that. It's the other things. And I think when you look at the Zion situation, we can get that out of the way early because I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on a dude that's not playing. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I know it's again, it's not an insult yeah. to Zion Williamson, but there are guys on the court in this series every night who've done the work, who have been there since day one. And, and I, I try to remind people, too, of this. You're going to ask Zion Williamson to come back and play off basketball. Not, not, not the regular season. Not where there's weeks to ramp up and you can start gauging yourself against people. You're talking about coming in against the very best teams in the league. And the Pelicans, the, the margin of error is already so thin for this team. Right. Especially defensively. Right. And you're going to put in a guy who was, to be, to be generous, a mediocre defender. Correct. Fully healthy. Right. And you're going to put him in the middle of that and ask him to know rotations, to, to, for people to trust him, because nobody's going to be able to trust him defensively. You can't be on the back end behind Zion defensively and know that he's going to stay in front of his man. You can't know that. So it, it breaks down all the things that you spent 82 games, 84 games, now right. 80, you know, almost 90 games now building. Yeah. And it, for what? Because the, the ceiling of having Zion Williamson does not get you to the finals. It might get you to another round, right. maybe. Right. But you're not winning a championship this year. So what's the game? Not this version of him, no. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you again, you're doing a disservice. You did you're doing him a disservice, and you're doing the guys who have been there the entire time a disservice. Because I mean, and, I, and listen, we we again, let's I, I'm glad you said let's get it out the way because he's not playing. Because I feel like just even talking about him while the other guys are giving us everything they have on the court is a disservice to the team. <clears throat> so to to your point about him not, you know. Man, this, this is playoff basketball. He's not played a regular season game, a preseason minute, a, a practice. He's got a new coach. He's got new teammates. What, what the hell can I actually, like, in, in a basketball term, how can, what would I expect from him? Sure, he'll get, he'll, get, he'll get some dunks. He'll probably get some easy points. But it's the other things, it, like, like the game yesterday, the rotations we got killed on. He doesn't know those things. So let's just let him sit until – you know, next season, let him let him get his 
everything together. He helped the offseason to come back with the team. And, you know, let's revisit it. And it changes, it changes how we judge everything. If he plays five minutes, all of a sudden, it makes fans start speculating on something that you cannot have a clear opinion on. If he plays five minutes and scores 10 points in those five minutes, and it's just a great five minutes, people are like, he should have been playing from game one. We would have won this series in four games. No, it doesn't work like that. And if they lose, if he plays badly, then they're like, why'd you put him out there? He wasn't ready to play. So I'm there's so no – I don't, just don't see a win in putting him on the floor. I'm so happy you said that. It is a literally a lose-lose situation. They the, 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 it's, you're literally going to fail either way you go if you put him out there because, for one, again, you're doing him, you're doing him a disservice because he's not in playing shape. So the, the media is going to run with that, right? And if you don't let him play, the media is going to run with that. So, hell, I, my, I, I feel keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing with the guys you've been doing it with. Let them continue. Let, let the rookies play. Let them continue to grow. Let them continue to learn. Man, like, we, we should not let outside voices control our uh, control our organization or how as we as fans feel about our organization anyway because we have more knowledge than they do as far as, like, outside voices. So, when, you, when you think about that, when you think about all the outside voices, and that part bothers me too. That's one of those, and I think that's a very New Orleans thing. Now, New Orleans yeah. is a city that has a lot of pride, but it's also a city that gets hurt really easily. Yeah. And whenever it comes to something like people in other places not talking about New Orleans, folks get offended. But I don't understand how you ever believe, like, if you live in Oklahoma City, they're not talking about you on ESPN. If you live in Orlando, they're not talking about you. On, they're not talking about Charlotte. They're not talking about Portland. They're not talking. They're never going to love you like that. So why are you chasing love that you will never get? How do you? OK, for one, let's let me start here. Shout out to my guy, Nesby Phipps, who coined the not i'm gonna say coined it but he i saw it on a billboard feeling played is a choice so if you allow those people who aren't familiar with your surroundings your situation to make you feel a way about yourself man i don't care what the national media has to say when, when people were going back at perk and they were like yeah what do you have to say now i don't give a damn what he has to say because it doesn't matter he was Listen, New Orleans is a special place. You you have to be around it or from it to even understand the culture. So, yeah, like how could they? How could they? Yeah, back. So we're not a basketball town. That's the narrative, right? But it's so many layers to not being a basketball town, or why we're not a basketball town. So that's a very nuanced conversation to have, right? And so people they spew that, they spew that, they get that up, and now we're winning. You see they're jumping on a bandwagon. No, keep that energy where you were. Stay on that side. You pick your side, stay there. And listen, even if they didn't pick a side, my, my, I feel like this. When you allow yourself to take in the good comments, you got to take in the bad comments. So if you're paying attention, if you're paying attention to one side of it, you got to pay attention to the other side of it. I just, I just ignore it all. I don't care. I really don't. I don't, because there's nothing... 
there's nothing Stephen A. Smith that can say that will make New Orleans a better destination for people. There's nothing that Stephen A. Smith that can say will make it a worse one. The yep. only thing that affects what the Pelicans are is how much they win. That's it's it's that it's that it's that it when when this team wins, people show up, and yep. that has nothing to do with New Orleans or any in Atlanta. Come on, Atlanta is a huge city, right? Atlanta is yep. a black city. Yep. Right. They got yep. a barber shop in the arena. They got a DJ in the arena and the hawks have a team that has made the playoffs each of the last two years and they don't sell out they don't sell out they got and they got the best organ player in the nba that man be playing trap music on the or i just don't understand and nobody comes to those games because and it's it's honestly that is mind-boggling to me because they have an identity like that it feels like that organization has actually reached out and tap into the community as far as like what they will want. And multiple when they were winning 60, people yep. weren't going. When Al yep. Horford and them won 60 and they were the first place team in the in the uh, East, people they still weren't selling out. Yep. So and that's what I'm saying. It's it's just a narrative, and nobody has ever said move Atlanta to Seattle. Nobody's ever said move the Hawks to Seattle. I don't hear people saying move the Timberwolves there either. Or, or, or Orlando. Sacramento. Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, Sacramento so has been in up for 20 years. The <laughs> I, I iPhone a, did not exist when Sacramento. I was just going to say that. That's in, that is that is insane to me. That is insane to me. And again, I'm sure those people in Seattle, uh, excuse me, uh, Sacramento, Minnesota, uh, Atlanta, don't care about what the national media has to say. No. And, uh, it, it's just, it's that whole bigger thing. It's like, for me, it's all those little things that New Orleans does. It's like, Still arguing about the jazz name. Let that shit go. Let that man, shit go. Man. It means nothing. It means nothing. The team ain't gonna be better if they all of a sudden if they bring the jazz name back to them. They ain't gonna be better. Did Cleveland get <laughs> the, how good are the Cleveland Browns? Because they got to keep the name the Cleveland Browns. They still trying to, to do something. They ain't never been to a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. We we get caught up. We get caught up in the little things, man. The little things will bring the. I don't know why, like the the little details just 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 get us in a tizzy. They just aggravate, and 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 I'm like, that's why again I said feeling played is a choice because if you let these little things bother you, you're missing the entire bigger picture. You you have a you have an organization right now. You have a team right now that looks to have found its legs, and I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about leading leading us into the future. You got a team where it looks like they actually have found their identity. Right. Sure. They're not perfect. They they have they still have a lot of holes in that they need to fill. But as far as like moving forward, the things that Griff pre- and shout out to Griff, man, I, I, I was hard on him. And I mean, I, I should have been hard on him because he was he was not doing good. So, like, you know, what I'm saying and now that he's doing good. And that's what I don't think people understand when you're doing bad. You're fucking doing bad. But when you're doing good, I can give you the credit of doing good. So shout out to Griff because he it seems like he's finally filled this family atmosphere that he's been telling us about that we haven't seen. I don't give a shit about the family atmosphere. Because I mean I it's still a job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. yeah. And you can it's again, when you have success, it's easy to create family. That's that's you always hear that. You ain't never heard a team that finished one and fifteen talking about we was a family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the NFL, you ain't never heard that. You know, nah. you don't finish. 
you don't win 13 games in the NBA and be like, that's my family. Nobody's no winning makes you family. And it's yeah. easy when you got a bunch of dudes that came in at the same time. So when you got three rookies in one class and they bond together and most of your team is under a certain age, man, we know this. That's that's what guys are going to do by nature. We're going to hang out because we're all the same age. We basically live, you know, the same culture. We're in a place that we didn't grow up in. So that makes us even tighter. And those things happen. And then you get an opportunity to play, which makes yeah. that if they weren't getting the opportunity to play this year, then that'd be different, too. My thing with Griff is this. And I've been very hard on Griff. Yeah. My thing is this. I feel like he's the Jed Clampett of GMs, of, of executives. <laughs> <laughs> because he wasn't shooting for oil. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, he, he went out there to saw the things that he was doing, he was shooting for something else two years ago. And now that shit has turned into oil, and everybody's like, well, he figured it out. Jay Clampett wasn't no damn genius financially because he found oil in the backyard in, his, in Tennessee and ended up moving to Beverly. It didn't work like that. And I think so, you know, and a lot of decisions, people are like, well, oh, he went out and got C.J. McCollum. Didn't I, I talked about that. You talked about that when we talked uh, about available yeah. guards. That <laughs> yeah. wasn't something that was a hidden deal. That wasn't a gym that was out there. in the in the trailblazers were giving away in a fire sale, and you happen to have the assets to give it away. Cool. Right. It wasn't a genius move. It was a good move, but it wasn't something that you did that somebody else couldn't figure out. I saw it. You saw it. So to me, it's still you. It's still it's an uneven resume because I still got to balance out the fact that. Jackson Hayes has not turned into the player that you drafted at that spot. That Nikhil Alexander Walker did not turn into what you thought he was going to be. That Zion Williamson, the number one pick in that draft, has played one season's worth of games for, for you since you drafted him. That the majority of the trades you made in year one and year two were failures and that you've had to correct these mistakes. And I don't think you should be given credit for screwing up and then fixing it because that's not how life works. People don't do that in any other job where you messed everything up and then you fixed it later. You put you, you got everything off the ground and put it back on the table. But the whole point is don't knock the shit off the table in the first place. <laughs> That's true. No, nah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like you you kind of don't. get. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to. Yeah, I fixed it, but you created it. So it's, it's kind of. Yeah, I, I knocked that base off the table and I glued it together, but you broke it. So, yeah, I, I totally feel what you're saying. <laughs> Man, that Jackson Hayes thing. I look. I I was on the trade Jackson train at, at the deadline. I, I still say that shit, and people be like, "I'm I've been saying start trade Murphy for since shit the Clippers game. Uh, actually San Antonio, the San Antonio game, and people have been you know in my mentions t- telling me, I mean Jackson's playing well, and I'm like, well, what is playing well? What what? And we are we watching the same thing? How many double-figure games does Jackson Hayes have in the last three weeks? In this month, in the month of April, how many? I think it's two. I was about to say either one or two. And they, they the Pelicans have played 13 games this month, I think. And he, he's had double figures like two. How many two-block games does Jackson have in his career? Herb Jones has more blocks this year than any season that Jackson has had in the last three. Which dude is six foot seven and which one is seven foot one? Listen, I there's a difference between there's a difference between blocking somebody's shot and being a shot blocker, right? It's a big difference. 
Herb Jones, while Herb Jones may not look like a shot, he might not, he might not have the aesthetics of a shot blocker. He understands the mechanics of he understands that he understands timing. He understands someone's shooting mechanics. He understands he he you can look at him, look at somebody's feet when they're about to set up to take a shot, right? He understands all that. Jackson understands the ball's going up. I might be able to get it off the backboard. Like that's his, that's his block. And and hell, I look, he might grow into something. I'm just again, we talking about him right now. Right now, Trey Murphy needs to be starting. You look at how they defended us yesterday. And I, I'm sorry to jump all over the place. Hey, I, I, wait, 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 let's keep it rolling. It's conversation, man. I don't all right, cool. It was just fresh on my mind. It was just fresh on my mind. So I, I've seen how they defended us yesterday. We had no spacing. There was zero spacing, right? Why Why wouldn't you put Trey in right there to space that shit? Not only that, Trey's a better rebounder than Jackson. Dude, CJ's a better rebounder than Jackson. Yeah, I mean, well, man, look, 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 I mean, if we be if we keeping it a buck, yeah. Jackson is the worst rebounder in the starting lineup. Is he yeah. not? Yeah, no, he is. No, for sure. And he, and I've seen games where Jose gets more rebounds than Jackson. Yeah, yeah. What, so that's again, what is he doing that he deserves to start? Just because he gets a highlight, like that. That to me is just it. And we could this this plays right into Devontae Graham because we could keep it right here on both of these. <laughs> like the other night, Devontae Graham goes three for three. Boom, boom, boom. And everybody's like, look, he's back. And there's certain parts of the Pelicans community that have been on this thing where you cannot criticize Devontae. He won two games for us this year. <laughs> all right, look. <laughs> let's be, let's first of all, let's keep it real. All right. <laughs> he didn't win them two games. The one shot is one shot. You can take them points, yeah. And that, in the total, you're talking about the last shot he made, the last shot. Right. The game is 48 minutes long. <laughs> right. There are, uh, you know, 100 possessions uh, that, are, that take place, and we are – all those matter. Devontae, when he has been on the court, especially the last probably 35 to 40 games, has not made a positive impact more times than not. He has taken it off the table. And at best, you're hoping that at least when he's in, you don't lose ground. That's the what's what you're hoping for when you put in him. That please don't let us lose ground because you're not going to the lead ain't getting bigger. That's for sure. I don't same shit with Jackson. I don't understand what he's bringing to the table. If he he's in okay, so he's a shooter. He's a shooter. So if he's in a game and he's not shoot, if he's not making shots, what he's not a he's not a ball handler for real. He's not a defender. Like, and it's getting to the point now where like teams aren't even really respecting his jump. Oh, you want to shoot that shit? Go ahead. I, I'd like to see it. You know what I'm saying? So at this point, man, Willie gotta let the the G the DG narcotic go. Gotta let it go. You got you got an actual shooter who is, mind you, 6'9. Right? He he's 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 got length, he's athletic, he can play defense, and he's learning. And he makes the smart play. Yes. When he's on the court, he has the highest plus minus of any Pelicans player in the playoffs because he doesn't have negative moments when he's on the floor. Even if he's not particularly scoring on it on that night. He's moving the ball. He's playing defense. He's rebounding. And 
Trey is an exceptional offensive rebounder. Yes, yes. He puts his body in. He puts his body in position. He and the, I think. I think. I think. Him being an athlete, like super athletic, is discounted because you think about the shooting first. Grub, look. When we were playing the Spurs, my wife thought I was having an aneurysm because I kept yelling, "Put Trey in the game! Put Trey in the game!" So eventually, like he does, and he literally won that game for us. He won. He he was. I'm not gonna say he was the main component because, of course, you got Bi. You got you know you got everybody else. But I'm saying, uh, I think Trey hit three threes, three very timely threes at that. We could use shooting right now, right? Like even even if. You know, I, I I just don't understand. It's the same thing with GT. It's the same thing with Garrett Temple. Like we 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 do this thing where you see what he's bringing, and it's not what we need. Let's stop it. Cut it off. And right now, man, look, Chad said something earlier on the timeline, and it, it it went over a lot of people's heads. He said he asked he was asking, you know, what do you consider playing with house money? Going into this series, we were playing with house money. Now we have equity in this series. This is a win. This this was a winnable series. The house money shit is dead. You go in that get you go and you win the series now. So I guess at what point, what, what point is an assistant coach gonna be like, nah, look, I'm you know that he's a veteran, but we we gotta play the young guys. Does this make you wonder? Because again. Before go all the way back to the beginning of the season when David Griffin, before he hired Willie Green, and he said, I'm going to have influence and input on the lineup. Do you think that this has been because David Griffin was high on Garrett Temple? He said, I, you know, he, he went on and on about how he had wanted a guy like Garrett on his team for years that he'd been trying to acquire him since Cleveland. You give up the number one pick, uh, you know, a, a, number, a first round pick in the bad Lonzo deal and bring Graham over and you sell him as, and, and, and quite frankly, I was never high on Devontae Graham because if you look at his stats now, this is three straight years of decline, three straight years, his true shooting percentage, his effective field goal percentage, his three point percentage down three straight years. Right. And if that's the skill that you're supposed to bring and everybody kept saying, well, we haven't seen him play with Zion. I don't see how that changes anything because the ball is still the same. The rim is still the same. And you can't tell me he hasn't gotten open looks. So wow. it's not about Zion. It's not, a, it has nothing to do with Zion. And if you are a player that can only play with Zion, you don't belong in the NBA because that's not going to help the Pelicans win. They have to have players who can just play basketball. And if all you are is a specialist at this point, you better at least be real special at that. And he's not special at shooting. He, he you said one thing. You said one thing. Well, you said, uh, you said a lot of shit. But the one thing that jumped out at me is people said we have to wait to see him with Zion. You, you, so that means you telling me B.I. not getting him open shots? C.J. not getting him open shots? What what the hell is Zion? Is it magic? Is he is he is he magical? Like what what does that mean? Are people you know, not double teaming Jonas? The the ball is not. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't even. Get me, we go. We we have to talk about that. I, why can't Jonas get more touches? But uh, yeah, we're gonna get into that. I, I feel like the whole the whole grand thing. And look, man, I I I'm I. 
I don't know what he has to offer. And and look, I honestly, since you brought it up, I never thought about Griff having influence over the lineup. And if he does have an influence, he needs to stop. He needs to he needs to be reprimanded. He that part of his uh, duties needs to be defunded immediately. I think that I think going into the offseason, I, I hope Willie has a say on assistant coaching because I'm not sure he did going into the year this year. But I hope going going this coming year, I hope he has a huge say in who he wants on the bench. Man, I'll be looking at Willie. I know he's a man of God, but I'll be feeling like Willie be like, man, I don't know what the hell y'all doing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And and I and I do think Willie knows better as far as like who to play. Trey, you know, when I know he's gotta be looking at what Jose is doing to Chris Paul and being like, shit, man, I I I, I could take 20 more minutes of that, but it's like something is holding him back from doing it. So I, yeah, you're right. I never thought about that. It, it, to me that the, the rotation question is the biggest question. That's the one that we start with when you talk about this series, because there's been a question through the season, you know, like we've already been through that over the course of the season, but in this series, um, particularly in the first half, because in every game that the Pelicans have lost, they've been down double digits at halftime. Yep. Every single one down double digits at halftime. And what did we see in particular in game five, the interior defense in the first quarter, Jackson Hayes, no resistance. Jonas Valanciunas hung out to dry guys on the perimeter, not putting any pressure on guys, not bumping people as they move. You you allow the Suns to get more points on dunks and free throws and layups than the Pelicans have for the entire quarter. In the first quarter. Poor Jonas, man. Poor Jonas. Jonas gets hung out the dry. Guards dying on screens. He's putting it. He's playing drop coverage against Chris Paul. What is that man supposed to do? And DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton. And on the flip side of that, I'm getting worked on one side, and I can't even get a touch on the other side. Yo, I don't think people understand. If you want your big man to play hard, you got to make him feel involved. You have to Especially early. Yeah, get him some. Eat. I'm not even saying he got to shoot the ball, but he got to feel it. If he not, if he not feeling like the ball got, so, the ball has energy, right? So if he's not feeling any of that shit, I'm isolated on the island, playing drop coverage. I, either either they throwing the lob, Chris Paul shooting the floater, or I'm like, what do y'all want me to do? What did you look at? Just look across the the court. When the thing that for me coming into the series that that was going to tell the tale of this series was inside play. And people were like, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. And I said, no, you got to pay attention to this because of two things. Number one, the, the Suns are highly efficient in the paint. They don't miss shots around the basket. They're the best two-point sh- two shooting team in the NBA. That's because they get a lot of layups. And so it, it, they're going, they find ways to get in the paint. The other part of that was Jonas had to score and match eight in point for point. The games that the Pelicans have won, that gap has been narrow. Either Jonas outpointed Aiton or they were right there, neck and neck. When they mm-hmm. lose, Aiton has a clear advantage. You can see it, like it, it, in field goal deficiency and his rebounds. Jonas keeps, when the Pelicans win, Aiton ain't got no boards. When the Pelicans lose, Aiton's got 15. And the same with JaVale McGee, who comes in. They are bouncy 
long athletic bigs. The Pelicans only have one big long, you know, that, that, and that's Jackson. And he cannot defend either of those guys. So you are putting Jonas and you're putting <laughs> B.I. in these situations to have to guard at the four or five spots, guys who are way too strong in the block. They're shooting, what, 80% combined, over 80% combined between Aiden and McGee? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that part to me is you have to make those guys work then defensively yep. by going through Jonas in the block, by setting B up, B.I. up sometimes in the block. And because we've seen him work effectively out of the post and make those passes or just turn and shoot on people or that spin that he has worked on and gotten much better at drop on the baseline to spin and get to the, to the free throw line. We've seen these things, but the Pelicans have, have ignored going to the block and getting inside out to set up the shots. It's been way more dribbling in this series in the, especially in the games they lose. There's been more dribbling than I've seen them do in in a while. I don't know. I don't know why. That's the first thing you you kind of learn when you start playing basketball is inside out. Like you, you this is not like a new concept. And these guys have been playing basketball forever. Jonas is Jonas, man. Listen, Jonas is highly effective. I, I, okay, let me start with Aiden. Aiden is a good defender, right? But but in my opinion, he's a much better weak side defender than he is an all on ball defender. Jonas can body him. He, of course, yeah, Aiden is athletic, but like Jonas has great touch around the rim. He's got this little fade. He could shoot over him, and he's strong as hell. Jonas is a big man, right? He, I think the first game he had twenty five rebounds. Right. I mean, like get 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 the man involved. Also, I I do want to say when we when they do try to get him involved, our guards throw some of the most terrible post entry passes. I just don't understand. That's a Pelican's tradition. Yeah, it is. That's a that that is going on for about six years of bad post passes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Man, give that man the ball. Like, get him involved in the act. I, I, I just I love I love I love elbow. I love when we run the elbow with CJNBI. I, I like, but we could get Jonas involved in that too. Like, it doesn't have to be just one way. How many catches at the front of the rim, right at the front of the rim, do Aiton and McGee get? Right there, they pin whoever's defending them right under the basket and then just go straight up. You don't see them doing that with Jonas early in the shot clock. They're not sending the first thing should be Jonas go straight to the to the to the goal. Go straight. And and we're gonna see if you can box out Aiden, see if you can get it in. If you can't, then keep it moving. But er, that's early in the shot clock. Give that man the opportunity to seal somebody while they're in motion. And I think that that part having when the Suns, the biggest problem the Pelicans have had is when you do that ISO, when you don't throw it into the post, you're not making the defense shift. And the Pelicans played a lot of possessions beyond the three-point arc. And when they won game four, they did that to the Suns. They kept the Suns beyond the three-point arc, and they weren't able to get into the paint and drive. But in game three, in game five, in game one, each one of those situations, the Pelicans have hung out further away from the basket and waited to go inside under the 10 second mark on the shot clock. And that's not going to get it done. It's, it, it just isn't. I, I, it, that's the, actually, I was about to bring that up. I'm glad you said that. I, I think I looked at the game yesterday and every time it feels like 
it feels like every time we were forcing a shot because the shot clock was on seven, it was under 10. It was, it was six or five and somebody was trying to ISO and we got no offense or, or they would try to, they would get there, but then Phoenix had a wall because there's no spacing for us because we have, again, Jackson just posting in a corner and then it's generally he's posting on Jonas's side where Jonas is posting. So and they're not even guarding him anymore. Yeah. I, I I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like if we can see it, I don't know how, like, nobody else is seeing that. That That is the frustrating part to me. And yesterday, to be totally honest, was such a winnable game. It was right there. Phoenix ain't want to win that shit. They, they, ain't want, they ain't want to win the game, man. What a- Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just like my thing before the game was the only way Phoenix was going to win that game is if you allowed a third guy to go off because you knew it was going to be Paul and eight and they're going to go through those two. Yep. And Bridges had not played. And I said specifically, the guys at the, the you know, um, in the group chat with the bird calls and stuff like that, we were talking. I, I told him before the game, I said, don't let Bridges go off. This is the game. And I said, I said don't let because this is the one because he hasn't been cutting. He hadn't been getting his shots. I said, you haven't even seen him. Now, like, you don't even know this Bridges the last couple of games. I said, yeah. this is the one. I told before the game, I said, this is the one. And the man played 47 minutes and was getting dunks, getting steals, getting blocks. He was doing everything, and no one could stay with him. And that, to me, I can – if Chris Paul's going to get – but and also, look, first quarter, Chris Paul's in double figures at the end of the first quarter. He's a, a double figures at the end of the first. You can't do that because then he can pull back because he's already established himself as a threat now. So defensively, you're changing the way you play because now you have to respect his shot because he's getting to the cup. He's getting the mid-range jump shot going. So now you're defending him differently, which means those quick passing lanes were open for him. And he's yeah. able to drop those passes off to Aiden for dunks, for Bridges for dunks, for threes for Cam Johnson, for guys to take people off the dribble. And you, it, it just, it was awful defense that the Pelicans played as a group. I, it just, it was bad defense as it a group. It was bad all around. No, it was bad all around. Like, B.I. kept, B.I. lost uh, Mikhail so many times yesterday on back cuts or just being late um, or, or being late on his recovery. I don't understand why we didn't start this game on Chris, how we finished the last game. Pressure him immediately. I don't understand. Like you, that's a guy you can't you can't let Chris Paul feel comfortable. He he gotta feel like like he was that man that last game. What uh what was it, game five game four? He was flustered. He was flustered. You you saw what did it to him, right? Why do we go away from that? I didn't I didn't I didn't feel at any point yesterday Chris Paul felt any pressure. I mean Jose got the eight count, but that's Jose. Jose go do Jose things, right? He, he's an irritant. He's he's the miniature version of Chris, the miniature less talented version of Chris. That that that's who he is. But like you gotta make everybody feel and, and look, the, the other thing you said, Mikel, in my head, I'm like, man, we keep leaving Cam. Cam is due for a game. He he do, he he's he's getting great looks. Guys are rotating to man, let Jay Crowder shoot it. Do not rotate, don't leave Cam. Cam let, is also let, a reason to justify starting Trey. Exactly. Because they're playing Cam at the two, and Cam is 6'8", 6'9", yeah. athletic. Right. 
And, and look, that's the other thing too. And I saw, and and at one point yesterday, they went, they went too bigs, right? Why, why, yo? In my opinion, that's our advantage. Is no, who who Javel's on? Who Javel's on? Either he's he's gonna either have to rotate the bi or CJ or somebody, man. Like if it's yeah, if it's Trey in that position, and exactly. that's who's at the four, or you know playing the four. And you make JaVale McGee have to guard him out to the perimeter and he's moving because Trey moves without the basketball. Right. That is a much different thing than having Jackson planted in the corner and hoping that he knows when to get into when the dunker touch. spot. Yeah. Because he's not getting you points off of post-ups. He's not getting you offensive rebounds. He's not getting you – the only points he gets are in the dunker spot or in transition or off a lob. That's it. That's it. So if he's on the floor, if I'm defending, if we ain't running in transition, I'm not worried about him. If it's in a half court set, I know they're not running a set for him. And he ain't shoot. If he wants to shoot the three, I'm letting him shoot the three all night long. Let him. That's how you let him. And, and the other thing, too, you said running in transition. Why are we walking consistently walking the ball? Up the, man, I, I'm like. Even in the fourth, even in the fourth, like in the fourth, it was a minute left. We still were just pacing it. We just taking our time, just walking, just walking. What are we doing? It was like no sense of urgency at any point yesterday. They had, I think, the most critical juncture in the game, and I tweeted that yesterday, and I, it was in that third quarter when things got real mucked up. It was just the game was ugly. Everybody was just going fouls back and forth on every possession. You know, it was about midway through the third quarter, and I was like, this is it. This is your chance. The Suns have their rhythm that they had in the first half was broken. They weren't scoring. They had they didn't really have any kind of rhythm going. I was like, this is the time you take it on the road. Yep. This is when you do it. And sure, they won the third quarter, but they only won about a couple points. So they didn't really cut much off the lead at all in winning the third quarter. And they didn't defend well enough to, to, to make Phoenix feel threatened. So right. they wasted that opportunity. And going into the fourth, you still working to cut down a double-figure deficit. And for a team like the Suns, I think my thought is if they're up 10, then they're really up 14 because of the way that they defend and the way that they slow the tempo of the game. So add four to their lead at, at any time that you're talking about in a late-game situation. And, and it just felt like the Pelicans, from the opening tip, had no urgency, knowing good and damn well that you don't want to end up back in Phoenix for a game seven. You don't. That's that's not what a young team you're not going to get the calls. You're not going to be. It's not going to be your situation. You're on the road. You're a bad road team already. You, <laughs> you know, you, you struggle on the road and you're going to go to the team that has the best home record and the best road record in the NBA. I feel like I, I remember the exact point you're talking about in the game in the third quarter, because I tweeted I, I, I tweeted this three times in a row. I said it's winning time. It's winning time. I think they came down and, and we got three stops in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I said, this is exactly what you said. This is the point where you overtake them. And the thing you said about that 14 point lead, that 10 being 14, that's is facts because the way they defend, right? If you if you can get them on a if you can get the lead, they can't scramble, they can't extend as much energy on defense. But when they could sit back. And the game is predicated on you trying to outshoot them, and you nah, man, like you can't, you can't. Chris Paul has mastered 
the you you got basically a head coach playing point guard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got the head coach, the assistant coach, and 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 the whatever the developmental coach all in your point guard. So that's not a guy you're gonna trick with. Or, or you can trip up. You got to make him uncomfortable. And at one point, hell, he was, I think, going into halftime, he was exhausted. Yeah. He was exhausted. But then we let off the gas again. We let we let him off the hook. We, we, we totally, the principles that got us here, the things that we did so well to get to that point, we, we went away from it. I think, you know, them putting, I think putting Herb on, on Chris Paul full-time is a mistake. Okay, and because I think Herb does great. As, of course, Herb is—he's the best defender on the team. That's not even a question. Right. But what I think it does is it puts a weaker defender on somebody who Chris Paul wants to pass to. Yeah. Chris don't want twenty points. He don't. You know what I'm he saying? Don't. He doesn't. So if you're going to put your best defender on Chris in that regard, as far as Herb goes, it's different with Jose because Jose guard to guard, but Herb being yeah. a guy who can defend multiple positions and the Suns being a movement team it's fine for me in stretches if you go put say look you got to lock Chris up for a couple possessions but to me Herb is a far more valuable defender defending multiple people in the half court in that regard because there is no ones if it's Devin Booker and you want to put him on there cool if it's That's LeBron James yeah. you want to do it cool but you don't there's nobody on the Suns individually that's going to beat you one-on-one so to me, Herb's value is greater defending as they off of switches, off of screens, all those things that the Suns are going to run at you. You need a guy who's going to understand when to go over the screen, when to come under the screen, when to communicate those things. Herb doesn't have to communicate. He cannot be part of the communication because you put him on Revis Island as a defender. He is yeah. no longer in control of the defense, and he is the guy who is the linchpin of your defense. Jonas is not calling out the defense. Jacks ain't calling out the – B.I. ain't calling out the defense. And C.J. is a guy who tries hard defensively but is not a great individual defender. Right. Herb is your best individual defender in the starting lineup, and you've made him about one guy. And it just – to me, that just seems like a waste. Herb, Herb is a – Herb. everything you just said, I swear, I said this – I said I said last week, if Chris Paul scores 40, I'm good with that because that means nobody else is scoring. Nobody else is involved. If he – a typical Chris Paul game, he gets his 15 to 18. The other guy gets 10. He's got 12. He's going to make sure he gets 20. And like that is what kills you. So, yeah, if I'm picking my poison, please, Chris, score. That's, that's always been a way you beat Chris Paul. You turn Chris Paul into the scorer instead of the initiator of the offense, right? Herb is a free safety. Herb is the guy. Herb is a read. Herb will analyze the play and he will pick that shit off. He will be there before the ball gets there. I, I agree with you. I ain't gonna lie to you. Game one, I said put Herb on Chris because Book was there, right? But I, I said start him on Chris. However, with no <laughs> with no Booker, I don't see a need for it anymore. I, I don't I don't see I don't see a need for it. I, I think like you said, like let him sit back, call a defense, let him um just be the universal defender. He's a Swiss Army knife out there. Again, Chris Paul, man, if, if you could get Chris Paul to shoot 20 shots a game, great. Great. I'm taking that, man. 
if the, if Chris Paul, yeah, if that if if the if this series is determined by how many points Chris Paul scores, the Pelicans win that in four. Yeah, they win that in four. But you you, you cannot allow him to be like the thing for me with the Pelicans has always been in this series. Your strength is their weakness and their weaknesses, you know, their strengths are your weaknesses. The Pelicans are not an execution type team in the half court. That's not what they do. That's what the Suns want you to do. The Suns don't want to run. They do not want to be in that position. They are, they are not a pace team. And pace is not just about running up and down the floor. It's about, do you move the basketball? You know, like you said, the ball has energy. It's the, it's the most common thing that, we, we, that gets said in any Pelicans broadcast is how much, you know, when the ball stops moving, the team stops playing well. Yep. And against the Suns, who are – Monty Williams knows every tendency you got. He's They've broken that shit down. And you say you got Jay Crowder, who's a, who, as annoying as he is, is still an <laughs> NBA professional. Who You know what I'm saying? Like he knows all yeah. the old man tricks. It's like going to the Y. It's yeah. like if you go to the Y and you, you were 17, 18 and you were at the Y and there's dudes who are in their 30s and you, you're faster than them. You jump higher than them. But those dudes know how to grab your arm at the right time. They know when to put their foot on your foot. They know when to push you a little bit in the back. They know all that stuff. And you're looking at them like, why are you doing this, old man? Because I can, kid. And never that's the way them. the sons look at the Pelicans. You never go beat them. You never, you never gonna be the old, the old man with the old man tricks. You, you, you will not, not trying to go it. straight up with him. Nah, nah. And, and and but look, you said you said that they don't want us to run, but hell, we don't want to run. <laughs> we don't want to advance the ball. I don't like that's that's again that's the confusing part to me. What are we doing? Because I I feel like you know what? Sometimes I feel like we still don't have an identity offensively. We it, want to become. In this in this series, it's become too much of bi work it out because CJ. Look, we we need to have a conversation about CJ. I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, we need to be real about CJ because this has not been a good playoff series for him. He he owes us. He owes us a game. He he owes three games. Honestly, at this point, he I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. He, CJ looks uncomfortable, man. He looks like he he's not sure. Like if it looks like he may have lost confidence in his 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 I don't know which is crazy to me because he got he can his handle will allow him to get anywhere he wants to anytime he wants to, but I'm looking at him play. CJ is not. I think at one point he was leading the team in drives, right? I think he was averaging. I don't I don't remember the, the numbers, but. I'm it's looking like he only drives the ball once every fourth quarter now. And I'm not I'm not really understanding why, because hell, even if he gets there, right? If he can get it on the glass, Jonas will get it. Cause you're taking eight, eight out of the position. Once you get there, he's got he's got to rotate to you. So him being a veteran, I, I thought that he would have, I mean, we're going into game six. I feel like he would have seen that by now. I'm a little. I'm. I'm definitely a little disapp- disappointed in his play. I thought he would have played a lot better, and I know he's had he's had a couple 20, 20 point games or whatever. But, but they've not been efficient. Nah, it, it. It. You know what? It hasn't felt like a CJ game. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember watching him in Portland in Game Seven in Denver. He had his fingerprints all over that shit, and Bi needs him to do that right now. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at this now, especially with B.I. and the fingers, and, you know, we'll see how well they heal. I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to speculate. The man is going to play. We know that. But, yeah. I mean, let's just be serious. If you if you if you've ever dislocated or extended your fingers on your shooting hand yeah, and your pinky and your, your, your ring finger, that's, that's, that's where it's rolling off of. Yeah, man. That's, that's the side it's rolling off of. So if you're BI who's right hand dominant and that's the side you want to get to, to pull up from. So again, you're putting that ball down hard on a hard one dribble or hard two dribbles to take off and finish and extend too. all those things become a little bit more tentative when your finger hurts. I mean, it's just, it's just the, the fact of life. We could go back, and the most, to me, the most notable example of that, Lakers in Orlando in the finals, Kobe Bryant had the broken finger, and he couldn't shoot the whole series. So yeah. he just kept rebounding and doing other stuff because he had yeah. no shot because his, his finger was broken. Yeah. And I, I, for B.I., yeah, he's, he shoots a lot more mid-range, but again, B.I. is not the super athlete that his quickness alone is going to get him by somebody. He, he needs that touch. And I, yeah. I, I'm concerned going into game yeah. six, if CJ can't find his rhythm, how do you make sure that B.I. Because B.I. is going to take him a minute to find where the ball needs to be, how For much sure. pain he can take, what shots feel – I think, you know, it's going to take a minute. He's going to have to get bumped a couple of times. He's going to have to feel it. And CJ is going to have to come out and have a good start to that game to allow B.I. to find himself in the game is Jonas and B.I. have to have, I mean, Jonas and uh, CJ to me both have to have upwards of six to eight points in that first quarter. I feel like in terms of the finger issue, I mean, you could look as, as recently as in B. B doesn't look how he looked in the first two games of that series or, or hell, like let's even look at the regular season. He looks, He's tentative because he doesn't know how his his finger, how his hands gonna. It's it's like you said, it's difficult. You gotta find out how the ball is coming off your hands, especially if that's your dominant hand. That's that's a hard position to be in. With Bi having that though, I think you brought up Kobe Bryant. If he would take that approach, whereas I'ma just facilitate more. I'ma rebound. I'ma I'ma do the little things you know, that we need to get us over the hump, man, please get Jonas involved. This is a, this is a Jonas. This has to be a, like you say, a Jonas and a CJ game. I feel like CJ is, is a, is, is a professional scorer, but he's streaky. I, th- I feel like Jonas points are a little bit more certain, right? Like he, he and can, you've got to get the fouls and Jonas is going to exactly. draw the contact. He's going to get you. I mean, you know, You've had the free throw advantage. And last game, again, that's why I say when folks talk about complaining about the refs, you can't complain about what happened. The refs didn't lose game five. Ain't nothing to do with the refs. The refs didn't miss seven free throws. They (laughs) campaign fouled out. Jay Crowder had five fouls. Half the starting lineup was in foul trouble. So, I mean, mean, and and a lot of the bench got in foul. They had to play Alfred. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like they they going yeah. it down into to the holidays a part of the bench. They're going all the way to that part because of foul trouble. So you can't talk about you got what you wanted. You got yeah. what you wanted in that situation. So, but you stopped being aggressive late. They weren't getting those free throws down the stretch. They weren't there that late. We we laid an egg, man. I, I I woke up this morning and I was just like, we gave that shit away. We we gave it away. We we can't look 
we have to look inward. This is this is what self-awareness is all about. This is Russell Westbrook saying, I don't know what happened this season. No, you you look at the person in the mirror. That is what happened. We laid an egg. I, I feel, I'm gonna say this though. I am a little worried about be I'm worried about the Oscar, not a little. I'm I'm worried about it because especially it's on the shooting hand. I feel like Willie. I have confidence in the fact that it seems like when Willie does take a loss, he does examine the 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 the, the tape. He does add a wrinkle to something. He 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 brings in like he finally started blitzing Chris, but then he stopped blitzing Chris. So maybe we go back to that. Maybe he, I, I don't know. I feel like there has to be something that we have not tapped in that we can do. And on the flip side, I didn't feel like Phoenix had anything that they could tap into because they are, they do not, Chris Paul is the only person on that team who can create for other people. Right. And, and why wouldn't you take that away? You take that away. That is a series. You take away and you have to take away the bigs. You cannot let Aiden and, and McGee feast like that. You just can't. You can't let them that, do that shit on that. That shit on that pick and roll, that McGee pick. And, I was, I'm, oh my god! I just wanted to throw my remote. Yo, they did it six times in a row, and they scored every time. When, when do you, when do you, when do you take that away from them? When do you time out? Let, no, let let's let, let, let's switch this. Get this shit out of here. You cannot, you cannot allow. Right, we know we know Javella isn't going to make free throws, but still they getting fouled. Like you said, well, Yonis, they getting fouls, right? They in a bonus. I mean, I looked up, they was in a bonus. It was like eight minutes to go in a quarter. And you're not going inside the Jonas? Like, to me, that's what you do. Because there are two things that are going to happen when you throw the ball into Jonas. And, you know, people are going to be like, well, you think. No, I'm saying just basketball-wise. If you have a center who you know you can get 18 points out of, just easy. I know I can get 18 points out of Jonas every night. If I can throw it into that guy. The defense has to respect that. They have to shift. They have somebody's got a hedge on him because you don't want Aiden. You don't have you don't want Aiden getting foul trouble early. He had two fouls in the game pretty quick. So you don't want that to happen. So you, somebody's hedging. Somebody's there. That means other people have to move. That means the ball can come back out. That means there are driving lanes available. And if you don't do that, if you're not getting the paint touches, and that's the, the biggest thing when they lose – it's because they are not getting those touches in the paint, whether by off the drive or by people cutting or whatever. And I just think that, that like you said, it, it doesn't make sense because it seems so easy to see. The games that you've won, you had to score more than 115 points to win. That means you were moving. All three games that you've lost, you scored less than 105. Every game the Pelicans have lost in April, they scored less than 105 points, oh, except, for one, except for one, because that was a game they got. They, they got. Remember, I think that was game one when they got a couple of quick buckets at the end and they, okay. they pushed them up. But they were still lost the game by eight points. Eight, but yeah, they got them. Yeah. They got the uh, or game three, whatever. When they, they, you know, B.I. hit a couple of threes late and, and made it closer. So but six out of I think that six out of their seven losses in April and when they score under 105. So you got to move the you got to move. You got to move. You ran past the Clippers, you ran past San Antonio, you ran you have to run. You aren't they are you are not going to out execute the Phoenix Suns. That is not what you are going to you are not going to outdo them in the half court. It's not going to happen. A leopard cannot change the spots. 
you cannot you you have to be who you are as a basketball team you have to be who you are you cannot we can't be the phoenix suns we don't have the lead guard we don't have the 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 we don't have the depth that that team has, right? We, we, we have to be who we are. We're a young athletic team. We can beat them in our way. We've, we won two games. So shit, the, the, the things we're doing, I, like, it's not like I'm pulling this out the sky. No, the shit that y'all did, y'all won the games with. The tape is there. Just like, look, before the series started, I said the way to be Phoenix you can look at what Milwaukee did them in games three and four in the finals. Drew Holiday was on Chris 94 feet. He made it difficult. When he crossed, when Chris crossed over half court, the shot clock is, is on 18. It's on, you know what I'm saying? It's it's 19. He's they're not getting into the office until it's until the clock is at eight. You rushing them into possessions. That's how you beat them. The 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 footage is there. Like Milwaukee didn't even shoot threes that. Milwaukee didn't shoot threes at hardly. I think Milwaukee shot something like twenty something percent for the series against the Suns in the finals from three. And, yep. it, and people would be like, "We need more shooters. We need more shooters." It's not about the shot. It's not about the the, the threes itself. It's who's taking them. Who's it's doing? when they're taken and what kind of shot it is. And if you, it, it doesn't matter how many threes you take if you're taking dumb threes. The the Suns shot less threes per game than the Pelicans this year. They have the best record in the league. The Sixers shot less threes than the Pelicans per game this year. Best record, what well, the best records in the East. The Celtics didn't shoot. I mean, the Celtics shot more threes, but I mean, like four. I think four of the top six teams in the NBA, like Chicago, was in the bottom five in three point attempts. I mean, obviously Lonzo not being around affected that, but yeah. you, they showed you. Teams are showing you. It San Antonio has never been in the top ten in three point attempts but they are higher in percentage because they right. take the right threes. And that's right. what it's about with the, it's what has always been with the Pelican is guys start feeling themselves and taking these shots that are out of character, taking threes. Oh, I, I just want to take this one. No, you don't need to take that one. Not at eight, not at 19 seconds on the shot clock, not the three. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, <laughs> that shot is how many times have you heard that over the course of your basketball life? That shot's going to be there. It's going to be there. They want you to shoot there. That's so if you have to come back to it and it's the Devontae three, okay, if that's what you had to come back to. But let me exhaust all the easier options first. You know, the thing that – the other thing that frustrates me is, like, you you know, you said who's shooting the threes, right? But a lot of times it feels like the threes that we take, we don't even get into – we don't even get into the offense. Motherfuckers just come down and they shooting it. Like, it's just – it's it's uh, uh, three dribbles in a in a jumper, and again we haven't won games that that's not us that's not what we've been doing. We we don't we don't need to try new. This is not when you experiment. Yo, you got here by being who you are. We we were we played gritty. We played fast. You know what I'm saying? We we get people in foul trouble. We get our bigs involved, and we're not doing that. No, and and I think that you know. Going into a game six, and, it, you know, certainly once you lose game five, 85% of the time, that's the team that's going to win the series. Yeah. But you can buck that. You know, you yeah. can be part of that 15%. Right. The Pelicans have nothing to lose here in the sense that 
there should be no reason why they don't come out energized. There should be no reason that they don't come out intense. There should be no reason that they don't come out desperate for victory. Like this is it. The, the season could end. Like y'all, you will be packing up your locker and getting ready to talk about what you're going to do that you, they're going to have the gone fishing hats on TNT <laughs> ready to go. And you know that they got a Zion picture waiting sitting yep. right there that you know, Come on now. You know, Chuck been waiting for this moment. He's been yeah. waiting to put street clothes Zion up on that board. Shaq been <laughs> waiting to put it up on that board. So don't let them. So don't let them. Make them wait. Make them wait. And I, you have to come out and make the Suns feel like this is a, there's a game going on. If the Suns don't feel it early and you let them feel like, we, oh, they don't, they, if they're not here, and that's why yeah. my thing for the T-shirts, I said they should have gone with we here. It's not NOLA versus everybody. That's not what this is. This is about a young team. This is when you make your stand. This is when you establish what am I going to be for the future. You've been pushed as far as you can get pushed. We're here. We're going to show up on Thursday at 630. We will meet you at half court, and we're going to give you 48 minutes of the best fucking basketball we got. That's, that's, that's what I want to see. They listen, man. I said this many times. The Suns are the blueprint. They're the blueprint. They're what you want to become, right? In order, in order to get there, though, you gotta go through your growing pains. And it feels like, you know, regardless of the outcome of this series, it feels like this is something that looking forward to next year, you you grow. I listened to Jaron Jackson uh this summer talk about how making it to the playoffs going to the playoffs and losing, it set the course for their whole offseason, how they train, how they work out. Guys were, like, together doing things. As long as we keep taking these steps, you know, I, I, I definitely want to be Phoenix for sure, but I'm just saying as far as, like, moving forward, I think we are in the right direction. But, man, you got to come out tomorrow. You got to bust your ass. You got to do everything. You can't leave. You can't go back. You can't the fourth quarter ends. You can't have regrets, right? You you just gotta be like, look, man, I, I fuck, I did everything I could do. This is this is I left everything out there, blood, sweat, tears. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm 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 talking shit. We so nice. I like when we talk. I like when we we muck it up. Like make it ugly. You know what I'm saying? Like make them feel that. Be New Orleans. Yeah, it, it's there's a difference between having healthy respect and you should you should absolutely have respect for the Suns. Yes. For sure. But once the game starts, that's dead. It's competition. And Jose Alvarado said this. You know, he said, look, it's just basketball. It ain't personal. I know that's Chris Paul over there. I was Chris Paul is a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the five greatest point guards ever walked the face of the earth. Jose Alvarado knows exactly who that is, but that your reputation does not step on the court. Chris Paul, the man, steps on the court. And Jose Alvarado got to deal with the man in front of him. And that's yeah. what the Pelicans got to understand is that you have to make the sons deal with the men in front of them. Yes. You have to make them engage you because right now the sons don't feel like, like, you know, the thing that Willie said, that Stan said, that Alvin said, whenever the games got bad for the Pelicans is we didn't make them feel us. You didn't make them feel you in game five. You did not make them think that you were ever a threat yep. to them, really. 
there, there was just never a moment to me that you felt like, you know, even as you go into halftime and everybody's like, look, you're only down 10 on the road to Phoenix at, at halftime, 10, 12 points at, no, so no, like you cannot be down double digits on the road in the playoffs and think that you're going to dig out that hole. That Them 10 points, honestly, they felt like 20. It felt like we should have been down 20, 25 points at half. We, Chris Paul, of course, like all great players, has an, an air of mystique about him, right? But you made him bleed. He bled. He he tasted his blood. You did that. You you it's it's the chink. You found the chink in the armor. Drive the sword home. Go for the heart now. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it it's really it's really simple. Again, we we don't need to work backwards. We saw what works. Do that shit. That's the shit you do. All the other, you know what I'm saying? The, we the craziness. Leave that shit at home, man. We we found out what works. We have two games. We if the series is three two. Shit, you know what? Truth be told, without them, Chris Paul four quarters, it might be three to us. But the problem is the Pelicans allowed those four Chris Paul four that's, quarters. That's true. And see, people be like, well, you know, and that's the argument I have with fans. It's like they're like, well, Chris Paul went God mode, but you can do things to help people get into that rhythm. If yeah. you didn't. You know, in in game three, the reason he's able to do that is because nobody bumped him. He's getting to the – it wasn't like he was working for those shots. He was getting untouched. At the first quarter of game five, he's getting to the rim untouched. He's getting clean looks. And, and Willie talked about it in, in game three. Instead of going over the screen with Chris, which is what you're supposed to do because mm-hmm. you don't want to give him the space to shoot the three, you want him, I would rather him go to the basket than stay there and get a clean look. They were going under the screen, and you allowed them to get clean looks at threes. So if you give a great player the situations that you know they thrive in, they are more than likely going – that's how they became great players, by doing exactly that. He will be God at that point. Yes, right. he went in God so that's the thing. You prayed, you prayed for God to come, and God <laughs> showed up. So don't act like God just appeared. No, you asked for God because of what you did, and that's you who got, came. You got your wish, man. You was looking for – you prayed for God, you got God. Yes, God's bleed though. You, he, he again. He bled. He he was. You know, Chris was. He was Xerxes in three hundred. They, they 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 sent the arrow through him and hit him in the cheek. He 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 was like, oh shit. Jose Alvarado was right in his face. He saw. He was. It was like looking in the mirror. And then we let off the gas, and then we we totally got away from everything that we do, and going. And Good, I'm sorry. It's not about the cheap shots. It's not about yeah, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, payback. Uh-uh. That's that's uh-uh. not the shit that's gonna win this series. The no, Suns no, no. know they can do that because that's what young teams get caught up in. Yeah, they it's... they know that that's gonna throw you off. I didn't like I said I didn't mind when her pushed Chris. I'll take that yeah. because it was man up, man up. Chris gave him the shove, or he looked at the ref and he was like, "Oh, you ain't gonna do nothing." Well, I'm gonna shove Chris right back. Chris yep. saw it coming. Chris yep. knew it was coming. He expected it. I'm yep. fine with that. That's the playoffs. But you can't do the shit like Jackson did and just be That's running people over. Bro. You can't take yourself out of the game. You can't go into the crowd with your hands up, acting like you did something good by getting yourself thrown out. That's- I'm so confused. I'm looking at fan. I'm looking at the timeline and people defending that shit. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yo, it's, this is the playoffs, bro. You, we, we need you. We need you. And you don't, 
don't yeah, get like you didn't understand the magnitude of the situation you in. I clearly, especially you throwing peace signs as you leaving the arena. Like, man, that's not how we got here, Jackson. It's not. That's not. That's not the embodiment of this team. That's not how it's we not. built. It's not toughness. Is different than being an asshole. <laughs> this toughness is different and like people look at and this is what people don't understand about guys like Rodman and what you don't understand about guys like Oakley and stuff from back in the day if you didn't see them and people are like well they was enforcers and they did this they knew what they were doing everything had a reason everything mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman ever did on the court he knew exactly why he was doing it you know, I, I'm going to tell you a story from when I was in high school, okay? We, uh, okay. we had a guy on our team, um, and little dude, 5'6", guard. So, you know, he knew he couldn't deal with big dudes. So anytime he had to deal with you in a post, if he had got switched in the post, he would do stuff like grab your ass, <laughs> play with your dick. Like, like he would do – I mean, literally, he would do – like yeah. grab you real quick. And you know now you're thrown off. He's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> That was his way of getting his advantage back. You know yep. what I'm saying? And that's yep. it's stupid. It shouldn't work. But he figured out that him smacking me on my ass while I, I'm posting up, he knows that I was going to react to that. And so it's worth it. If the ref doesn't call it, if nobody sees it and I react, I've messed up. Yep. So it's worth the risk if you know what you're doing. And he the brought stupid, you to his level. He, he brought you to his level. He reduced he reduced whatever physical gifts you have to his your 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 ceiling is not a floor because you you fell for a fucking a mind game. If you think about it, like it's that simple. We he got conned. He was he was mentally beat. That man that hurt. That's and that can't happen. And you can't keep using the excuse that he's twenty one. You can't keep doing that anymore because this is a job and this is year three on the job. So you tell me in life, year three on any job, they're not talking about you as the same. You should not be making mistakes like you did in year one of your job. We should not be correcting those issues with you in year three of your job. My, your supervisor is not going to keep you around very long if you're still making the same mistakes, if you are still not showing the level of intensity and consistency. And that thing right there, consistency. <laughs> yep. I can't count on you from night to night. I have no idea on a nightly basis what Jackson Hayes is going to give the Pelicans. I have no idea if he will give me eight points or if he will give me four points or he will give me 20 points. But I, I have no clue. I have none. But I do know he's not going to provide resistance, and I do know he's not going to provide intelligence. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. He is, he is consistent in those aspects in the fact that he will not get you rebounds. He will not play defense. So he's, he's being consistent. He, he's, he's being, he's definitely being consistent. If he, if this the real, if this was like not basketball, he'd be on a performance improvement plan of, of some some sort like he would he would be on his way out the door but people look at him and they see his potential and they and they, and they, they see his his unicorn like athleticism and you get lost in that shit when a game is really so simple right it, it, it's is especially nowadays in basketball right you got specializations in positions where man all jackson if jackson if all jackson did was get eight to 10 rebounds a game, 
I could be like, all right, I could see the reason for keeping him around. Like he he can add the other shit to his game later, right? But you you don't you don't block shots, you don't no rotations defensively, you don't get in positions, and hell, all the time you don't even play hard. And you you spend your time talking a lot. He gonna put he gonna put the Instagram posts up though for sure. He gonna get that up. And he's he also going to talk to the refs the entire game. And you have no business talking to the refs when you are not even a cemented starter in the NBA. You are not you are not a made man yet. You ain't got no business talking to the refs. Who are you? You have a reputation. Jackson's reputation around the league is a is as a whiner. That's what he's earned over three seasons. And you think if people act like the refs don't remember that stuff when he, over the past couple of seasons, I keep telling people, I said he wasn't brought here to score 20 points. Jackson Hayes was not drafted to score 20 points. Not when you knew you had Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And you, at the time you had Drew Holland, all these things, you see Jay McCollum, you don't need him to give you 20 points, but you do need those 10 boards. You do need two blocks. You do need a steal. You do need those. That's what you need. The one element that the Pelicans have to go into this offseason, to me is you are still in search of a rim protector. You are still in search of a rim protector. And in this series, it hasn't mattered as much, but overall, that is the major difference for the Pelicans inside is that they don't have a guy who makes people scared of going inside. I, I just, I don't understand because while I'm not going to minimize rebounding, I, when I say, I'm, I was about to say it's not a skill. It is a skill. It is, a skill. It is definitely a skill, especially if you look at people like Rodman and, um, all the other great rebounders, but is 90% effort. As is defense. As is defense. Defense is literally just, just being like, I'm not about to let this motherfucker in front of me. Like, you gotta, I feel like you gotta take that mentality. You gotta have a chip on your shoulder. I'm not just about to, like, you're not gonna do whatever you wanna do. And if I can't just count on you to play, man, the minimum, you getting paid a million dollars, bro. If you can't play, if I can't count on you to play hard, what are you what are, what are you good for? Especially if you're a 6'11, however tall you is 6'11, 6'10 athlete with all the capabilities of you could you could literally lob that shit to the fucking 300s and jacks and go get it, right? But you can't block a shot. It's maddening. It's 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 insane, man. And, and, and... Going into game six, to me, for the Pelicans, again, like I said, the, the main thing is the first quarter. They have to win the first quarter. Yeah. They have to at least be even, if not ahead at halftime. And to me, it's, it's like we talk about, it's starting inside out and getting the Suns again in foul trouble, making them get into their bench because they don't want to go deep. Monty wants to play eight. Monty wants to play his eight. That's why he wants to go slow and trust the guys that are on the floor. He wants his eight that he trusts. When you got to go in and you got to start grabbing um, Aaron Holiday, you don't know what Aaron Holiday going to do. You have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Holiday is just a, that's a wild card. Alfred Payton is a wild card. You have no, That's why those guys sit at the back of the bench. Right. But if they're getting in against you, that's a good thing if you're the Pelicans. You, are, that's, you have gotten them into the, to places they don't want to be. And the only way you can do that is by being more aggressive than they are. And that does not mean being angry. 
What it means is putting the ball on the deck, take your two dribbles and go. Stop with these 10 dribbles. Stop with this searching around. Somebody, Jose is still the only guard in this series who is doing probe dribbles, just getting in the paint to see if something happens. Where's, like you said, with CJ, where has CJ been with the probe dribble? Just to get in the paint and see if somebody comes over and you can kick it out. He hasn't been there to do that. I feel like, and that's why I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's nobody, is nobody saying that? Is nobody bringing that up? Are we not watching the film together and being like, hey, look, you did a lot of dribbling here, but maybe if you just attack it, you know what I'm saying? Just just just, just attack it, you get in the paint. Like you could, you could, you could dump it the units or you could kick it out for whoever's on the three-point line over there, as long as it's not Jackson. And 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 then we, you know what I'm saying? That's efficient offense. That 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 is how you run the offense. Jose is the only Jose is the only natural point guard on the team, basically. Um, and look, man, Jose plays bigger than his body is. He does everything you want him to do. He hell, he even attacks Aiden going chest to chest and makes the layup. He he should have had an and one a couple times. So I feel like I don't know, man. I, I again, I don't know. That game, that game was it was for, the last game was frustrating because it was such an easily winnable game. And I just want us to come out and do the right thing this game. So I, I would say my X fact in this game has got to be Willie. It's got to be Willie Green. That makes sense. <laughs> that, that's, that makes sense. That's, His decisions are going to decide this game. Yeah. Because Monty's not going to change. Nope. Monty's not going to change. He's going to do what he does. He's going to put this ball in Chris Paul's hand, and he's going. they're going to come out. And, and now that they – see, that's the adjustment the Pelicans is going to make. If they overcorrect and try to stop Bridges now, that's what I don't want to see is them overcorrect and be like – now we got to really go out on bridges because he oh, might get, no. he's not going to give you 37 again. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen. But you can't, you don't allow him to get those shots that he, the easy shots that he got. You can't have five separate dunks where there's not a person who could reach out and touch him. Yeah. And look, I'm, if he's going to take contested dribble, I mean, contested mid range jumpers, all right. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I'm with that. But the open threes, the 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 backdoor cuts is really no is no reasoning for that. There's there's nothing that will make me understand that we can't just we can't get caught ball watching. You know who you playing against, man. This is Chris Paul. If he's probing, he's probing a pass. He's not looking for his shot. So again, defensive principle. Defense is going to win us the game. Yeah, they have. And they, and they cannot turn the ball over offensively. You know, yeah, that, that's you look now, at I that. The Rocks and Graham had like three in a row at one point in, in the first. And not enough is enough. You want me to give you a number? <laughs> you want me to give you a crazy number? Please. Yeah, yeah. How many points off turnovers the Pelicans, uh, I mean, Suns had game five? Game five? 23, right? I was about to say 25. Damn, okay. 23 points off turnovers. You know how many they had in games one through four combined? 14. 41. 41. They were averaging 10 points oh, off turnovers sure. per game. They got 23 <sighs> in game five. That's your game. That's your game. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain areas. you don't. It's not like the Suns lit it up from outside in general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't go crazy from three. 
They didn't dominate you numbers-wise at the free throw line. They got you on points in the paint where, where they should never be equal to you. And they got you on points off of turnovers where you gave up more than twice what you normally give up. It, it can't happen that way. Man, I, I, I just – you take the like, yeah, you're right. That's game because you take away those 25. Shit. I mean, what what was the final score? I don't even remember. They lost by they lost by 15. But you take away, like again, if it, if they held them to their average, which is 10, that's 13 point difference. You separate. So now it's a two game, and that's a one play game that you could have picked up somewhere else along the stretch. That's one more play. That's only one more play you have to make if you're not giving up all those points and turnovers. And those, and then those seven free throws when Bi goes one for three at the free throw, and, and look, part of that can be the finger, but yeah, you man. can't go one for three at the line. You can't go zero for two from the field. You can't go zero for two from three. And if the players around him know that Bi is hurting, they didn't help him out in the fourth quarter either. Man, and the other thing too is like CJ. CJ's free throws have been. I don't, man. I don't know. It's, it's so it's it's crazy because he's such a he's such a uh, he shoots a good percentage, right? Generally from the mid range, and he's 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 a decent three point shooter. Where you would think that like free throws wouldn't be, and and that's what I'm saying. I think I think the thing with him is it's just it's got to be mental. Like it, it's it's some sort of I, he's he's stopping himself. Because I mean, yeah, McHale played decent defense, but man, McHale is not. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to say Mikael's defense is overrated because I think Mikael is a great defender. I just don't think he can stand in front of CJ the way he's been doing it. I don't, I don't think it's – I think CJ's allowed – like you are – he's making the job easier. Yes. CJ has yes. made Bridges' job easier in this series. Yes, 1,000%. Yes. He, because when he gets the ball him. in his hands, his first dribble is backwards a lot. Yeah. You notice that, like, his first dribble yeah. is to step back and try to create that space. Well, you just made it easier for a tall guy to get out and extend because the further you are from the basket, I, your your shot percentage is farther away, and you are not that fast compared to some bridges with that length that you're no. going to just blow by him. That's not going to happen. And that's not his game. He's CJ is not an he's, – he's more crafty than anything. Right. And you can see how much time he's put in, in on his dribble and his mid range. You do that. Like, I, I just want him to be himself. Where's the pick and roll with him? You know, like, that's he's so good at running pick and roll. And you haven't seen a lot of that. In this it it seems like, and when he does do it, it's generally like the pick and roll to a pull up three. You know, it's not, it's not like he, he's not break. Usually, like, CJ will get around that pick. He gets around a pick and then he's attacking. The big who's generally probably in drop, right? And you know, he's got that floater, man. He's just got a beautiful, he's got a beautiful floater. And I, I don't feel like I've seen it this series. It's it, it just it those things have been disappointing, but with, with all that, you're home in game six, yep. and you have a chance to tie the series. Yep. And that's all there that there is. The only thing about game seven, there ain't no don't worry yep. about game seven. Yep. There ain't no all there is is these 48 minutes. That's it. Yeah. And that's the way they have to play. They have to play, like, not reckless, but they got to play desperate. They, they, You cannot, like you said, if, if, if every one of those guys, if, all, if anybody who steps on that court doesn't walk off and they're not exhausted, whether it's in victory or defeat, then, then they failed themselves. 
And yeah. this is hey, the look, test. I, I, I take the I, look. I, I, if we play hard and we and we if we play like us, I take the L. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with them. It, it's no. It's no. I feel. I, I feel. I I will not feel bad about losing to the number one seed in the playoff. I will not feel bad about that at all. I just want us to represent ourselves. How make them? I want us to represent us how we got here. You know what I'm saying? Like, be that same team. Don't. And in, in, in saying this and talking to you, I swear I feel like I, CJ go give us a game, man. I feel it. he go give us. He he owe us one. He gotta give us a game. I hope so. I hope, man. I hope so. That was the fan in me. <laughs> that that was the fan in me. That I hope so. Was. That's all I can say is I hope so. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't have any evidence. Like that's the thing is I I, right now I don't have anything to stand on, and and that's like you said, that's the fan because that's how many times in your feed do you see somebody saying like this the night he's such and such is going to give me 30 this is the night such and such is going to go off this is the, i can't live like that you know what i'm saying i just got to watch and i'm i'm just like i know i know what the the ultimate goals are and that's what i'm looking for is the ultimate goals and i'm looking for how do they accomplish those things so you know for me is you got you got to win the boards again you can't turn the ball over and defensively you have to you have to touch the Suns, you have to you have to be there. You have to bump cutters. You have to stay with guys who are in the corner because they want to shoot. The- Cam Johnson, if you let him catch it in the corner, it's going up. So why are you leaving him? Why he are we, wants that why shot? Are if Bridges why, is in why? the corner, Bridges is the best corner three point shooter in the NBA. I don't think I was about to say. I don't think I ever seen him miss a corner three. Why are you leaving? You don't leave. I would rather if the sun if the Suns are gonna beat you and they gotta beat and every dude beat you one on one all night, do that. I dare I dare you, I dare the Suns to beat the Pelicans playing one on one all night. I dare them to do that. You know what I'm Yo, saying? They can't do that. They don't have got, enough one on one guys. You got campaign out there, man. Don't rotate to him. Let him if if campaign make five threes, okay, whatever. Uh, but but you know, guard him. Yeah, but if, yeah, if you guard, make right. him, yeah. yeah, shit, you're supposed to lose. That was it was not your night. But guard him, guard him for sure. <laughs> Man, be there. That's the thing is they have not. They were not there in Game Five. They weren't there on the shots every time. There was no contest. There was nobody in the space. There was nobody like you. How many sun shots did you see where there wasn't a pelican? Like I said, who could reach out and put their hand on somebody? 70% of whatever they shot, it felt like that. It can't happen. You just can't. It's the playoffs. You got to touch people. Even, 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 um, even, even on the pick and rolls and stuff, like when Aiden was shooting the free throw line, the free throw jumpers, like nobody was there. And, and, and again, I understand. I'm not putting that. I know where everybody would look at Jonas, but I'm not putting that on Jonas. That's, no, that's they, not. That's, the guards that's, gotta do better. That's the guards, yeah, for sure. It's this has been an interesting series. It's been an entertaining series. It's been an important series, and I think going forward, like you said, there there are certain things that you can take away. But I'm asking you this: What would you be wary of of people trying to pull out of this series that would not carry over into next year? Wow, that's a good question. I feel like the ice, the ice, so much ISO, so much one-on-one. 
so much pounding the ball of possession and then not getting good shots that I've been seeing as of the last three games. Um, we've been, you know, and I understand, I understand BI is basically turning to, he's going super sane, but I really wish we would, as cliche as it sounds that like we've been saying it, just keep moving the ball. Just keep moving it. I don't I don't like when we go so ISO heavy because it makes us predictable. And so you don't have be... enough guys who know how to do stuff. You know, like, like playing basketball, when there is no play, guys who just can make a read. CJ yeah. can do it. B.I. Yeah. can do it. Jonas can do it. Yeah. A lot of the other guys, though, they don't have the experience yet. There's, I'm not expecting Herb to know in all these situations offensively how to read these. He, he hasn't seen enough yet in the NBA. Right. It's going to take time. But that's just the thing is that the Pelicans haven't got, aren't at that level yet. Um, and I think the big thing, too, for, I think people need to understand is two or three of these guys are going to be gone. Two or three of these guys on this me. roster are going to be gone. I don't know who it is yet. But this is the NBA, and nobody brings back everybody for the next year. Stop falling in love with people because some of your favorites ain't going to be here next year. I'm telling you this. I can name three off the top of my head. <laughs> if it were me, the three, and I'll, I'll let you go first. You give your three. If you would, if the three that you would move right now. Man. <clears throat> Jackson. Uh, Graham and Temple. It, it I don't. Was, I don't know if you can move Temple. I'm. Yeah. I'm actually on the thing of you have to move Kyra. Oh, you know, I totally for damn. I I I totally forgot about Kyra. And and this is and Alvarado is why you forgot about Kyra. Damn, you're right. Yeah, man. Um, because are you gonna wait for Kyra? to come back, and he'll be 21 next year, right? He'll be 21. Yep. And are you going to wait for him? Are you going to give him minutes over Alvarado, knowing that he's not the defender Alvarado is? He's not the passer Alvarado is. Point guard is still the hardest position in the NBA to learn, and he's missed a whole year with these guys. To me, the, a veteran point guard and having a rim protector are so important that means Jax is expendable because he can't play the four if Zion is back. He can't, he can't, he's not going to get starting four minutes. And then that backup point guard spot behind CJ, somebody's got to take that. And if it's Jose getting a certain amount of minutes, who's going to be the person who really runs the offense as a veteran? And you need a bigger, more experienced, I think, you know, point guard who can do that. Right, yeah. They don't have that. I, I totally forgot about Kyra Lewis. It's like, I, I, I just – I don't know. He he slipped my mind. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. I think in terms of that, because I, I saw people on the timeline tweeting the other day, the uh, offseason training camp with, with Kyra and Jose is going to – and I was like, I don't think it's going to be the battle you think it is. What – Kyra has talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think this season – is the official opening of the window. And in the NBA now, the window is not five, six, seven years. The window's three, four years. So if that's the window, and I've already got four young guys in Najee, Herb, Trey, Jose, 
that I'm trying to mold. I don't need more young guys. And I'm about to get one, a lottery pick in the draft. Right. So I got five now young guys who are all going to want minutes to go with my veterans that I'm returning. I don't need back end of the guy, back end roster guys who are young, who won't get minutes. The back end has to be veteran guys who I know if they don't play for three days and I ask them to come in, they're going to give me exactly what I know. You know, I know exactly what I'm going to get. I'm going to get my, if I play this guy 15 minutes, he's going to give me six points. He's going to give me two boards. He's going to give me three assists. Boom. I know that. That's what I think the Pel- that's going to be the big difference is the back end of that bench next year has to be filled with some capable veterans who you don't have to worry about when you put them in the game. Who you draft? Who you drafting? I mean, I think you're just taking the best player available if you're the Pelicans. All right. Yeah. You're not you don't you're not drafting for need. Take the best yeah. player on the board. Whoever is at whatever spot you're at, take the absolute best basketball player you can find. Yeah. I I mean, I agree with that. So you said, hold up, your player, your players, you you said the three were Kyra, Jackson, and um, and Devontae. Devontae, yeah, because yeah. Devontae's not helping you. Like you said, he can't run your offense. He's not going to defend. If all I'm looking for is shooting, I can go find somebody cheaper than him who can shoot the basketball, who can just sit on my bench. You know what I mean? Like what you're looking for in that case is I'm trying to find a Kyle Korver type then. Is a guy who just shoots that I don't have to worry about. You know what I mean? So if that's the minutes I'm getting out of Devontae, it's all shooter minutes, then get me somebody who's going to shoot it and just do that. Don't give me this 5'9 guy doing it. That's not going to help me. I don't need more small guards. That's not going to help me, especially when I know that Zion is not a 10-rebound a night guy. You know what I'm saying? So I need some size. And Zion is also – People think that Zion just coming in and he's going to do these things. He still has learning to do, too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about a dude who's played 85 games of basketball. And this is a dude who's still at 6'7", is the most blocked scorer in the league. He gets his shot blocked more than anybody else. So that means you have to have some length around him. Yeah. You have to have some height around this dude. You can't just have him going and, 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 and because he's going to get his stuff sent back every now and then. And he's still not, you know, he's not, he's not, we don't know if he's going to have the mid range next year. We don't know if he's going to have the three point. We don't know anything yet. So to assume, I think that's where fans are getting into a problem too, is to assume that they know that you're going to, we're adding 27 and seven next year. You don't know that yet. You haven't seen it yet. Also, I think the other thing that people have to like table their expectations with is the point Zion thing, because I've seen a lot of people say we don't need a point guard because Zion's coming back. Like no, that's not that's not true at all. You you definitely need a lead guard. You you Zion is it. It's like a um. It's like a wrinkle you throw at something. It's like it's an option, but that's he can't be the full time. Like that's not sustainable. That's really yeah. That's really like you said. It's it's kind of like when people thought that the the Warriors lineup of death was playing all these minutes. They only used that group for like eight to 12 minutes a game. Right. Like they weren't playing them all the time. And that's the same thing. Like it was Zion. When you put him up top, what you're asking is, is him to drive and create fouls. That's really what you're doing. You want him yeah. to get to the basket and create fouls. He's not creating shots for other people. Primarily. He got he can, he can get some, he'll get some assists, but when he's doing that, the offense is about Zion point. Zion is about Zion and that's fine, but you don't do that for, we don't do that for 30 minutes. Nah, he he's he's 
you you got to have somebody to set the table for all these guys. All these guys, Zion has to, you know, even though he can handle the ball, sure, but he has to get the ball in his spots, right? Like, B.I. B.I. can set it up for itself, but still, it'll be not. I feel like if B.I. had a had a had a guard that will put him in positions, that's twenty seven easy. He he would score such he would score points so much easier instead of having a he's you know what I'm saying because you look at him and he makes it look easy because he's just shooting over people, but those shots will be even more open. Those are open looks instead of B.I. still has to work hard to get to the spot. Yeah, once he once he raises up the shooter, that's easy. But the actual like point of him getting himself in that position, that's hard. You're looking at CJ right now. CJ working hard. He's working hard to get a look. You know what I'm saying? Even even young, like we we spoke on the entry passes, the post entry. You gotta get a guard that can feed everybody. I mean, how Chris Paul would be perfect, <laughs> right? I mean it. You know, last offseason, I was, you know, people got mad at me because I was like, I was asking for a very low-key offseason as far as veteran acquisitions. Cause I was like, look, they need role players. This is exactly what you need is role players. And so I was saying, grab a veteran point guard like an Ish Smith. And people are like, we had Ish. I'm like, but what you don't understand is I'm not saying start Ish. I'm saying somebody like that that can will give an assist that won't turn the ball over and can give people shots in easy spots that understands how to get a guy an easy shot. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying the guy in particular, but you don't need to go out there and pay all this money for people to do stuff that is a, that you're asking for one particular skill. That's yeah. all you're asking for. Somebody who can run your offense for you for 10 minutes a night. That's that, that's it. So why are people so caught up in trying to get the everything is about collecting names. It's that 2K mindset of like, if we get all these names, then we'll be great. Show me where that worked. It didn't work in L.A. It doesn't work in New York. It doesn't work in all these places where you just grabbing names. You better build yourself a team, a legitimate team. The Bucks are a legitimate team. That's why they won the title. The, the, the Suns, they're not a team with five all-stars. They got two, maybe three, maybe three. But they got two. You hit you know singles. You hit singles. That's how you do it. You, you, you hit singles. Everybody wants to come in. They want to. Immediately, you want to knock it out the park. You gotta hit singles first, right? We just we just got a couple singles. We got people on base, but we you gotta keep loading up. You gotta keep loading up so you can bring those guys home. And, and until you do that, like yeah, like I, I feel you because I I was the same way. Like you know, everybody was talking Kyle Lowry. And, um, you knew he wasn't coming. He was never coming. Chris was never coming. Never. Why would they come? I'm trying to win a championship. I'm going to go to the last place team in the division. It's insanity. If you believe that, I believe you're insane. <laughs> like, you thought there was ever a chance. No. If you thought that they were coming, I I'm, I I feel for you. I got Island and I got I got a lakefront, I mean a beachfront shell met land that I I'll, I'll, I'll get off to you. you know I'm in an emergency. I, I need you to send me $10,000. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm like, t- look, I need that money and now or I'm going to die. So send me some money. Look, like we was talking about, like we was talking about your girl and um, I can't think of the name of the show we were talking about the other day uh, with the, the dog who go live forever. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the bad vegan. The bad vegan. I, I got I got a dog that'll live forever for you if you no. if you thought that. Right. Yeah. But man, I mean, seriously, I, I think that. 
you gotta hit singles. We we gotta just. I, I I'm not mad at the. I wasn't mad at you when you said low key off season. Yeah, man. Like I didn't want Griff to go out there and try to hit a fucking home run. I didn't want him to go out there and think he had to fix our whole franchise's history in one summer. Because you can't do that. Mm-mm. You do it. You do it how like you do it how Phoenix did it. You do it how Milwaukee do it. You know. It's not when I look at book, and this is this is probably I don't I don't book book reminds me of BI in a way. When I say that, I mean you you got a guy who has been str- struggling in a franchise, hasn't won anything, hadn't been in the playoffs. Mind you, BI hadn't been here that long, but but book was in Phoenix, I think seven years before they went to the playoffs. Yeah. So you got you got that guy, right? You add Aiden to that, which for us would probably be Zion, right? You add you add him to that. Number one pick. And then Number Bridges. One pick, right. Our our you add Chris to that. For us, that would be CJ. I mean, you know, they're not, I'm not comparing their playing styles. I'm just saying, as far as that. And and then you add around that. You add your Jay Crowders for us who probably be hurt. Right, you add Trey, our Cam. It's it, it, it's sustainable that way, and that's how you do it. And I feel like again, we're on the right we're on the right path. We're on the right path to it. But let's don't get wild. Even this even this offseason, don't get wild. Mm-hmm. Don't get wild. You what you are doing is you you need you keep fixing the edges. You keep fixing the edges because that's that's again when I, when I talk about Milwaukee, I tell people all the time, like, look. The only two people there from Giannis's rookie year is Giannis and Middleton. They're the yep. only two. The son, the, the they let go of Jabari Parker. They let go of Brandon Jennings. They let go of everybody they brought in. All those guys, John Henson was a lottery pick. They, you know, all these guys they brought in, it's, it didn't work. It's not working with Giannis. This is about mm-hmm. Giannis and Chris. Yep. The Pelicans have to decide at some point who is your yep. core, and then they're also. These to me, these are the things that every NBA team had. You have to have what? You have to have a top five defense in the NBA to be a champion. You got to be top five defense. Yep. That's fact. You got to have at least one All NBA defender on your roster. Most likely, you better have two. Yeah. The Pelicans have one in Herb Jones. They uh, Trey could be an elite I, defender. I, I think so. Jose is a very good defender, um, but you need one of your big guys. You need Brandon or. Be, or or Zion, some one of them has to become a better defender, has to. Then you're talking about you better have at least one All NBA type player, a top ten. You don't win a championship without a top ten player. Mm-hmm. So who on the Pelicans roster is going to become that? Is Brandon going to continue to ascend and become a top ten player? Do you think Zion is a top ten player? I I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna let you because you, you, I. I'm, I'm going to get roasted for this one. I know it. I do not think Zion will ever be the leader of this team. Ever. I don't see that in his heart. That's not who he is. He's not a leader. He's not a leader. I, I think that the stuff that we heard, you know, we, we saw JJ talked about this, that he had to talk to Zion. Yeah, he's We've a seen this stuff about Zion sitting in the car before practice and going in at the last minute. Whether If those stories are true, if that's what goes down, you're, that's that's not the mentality of somebody who becomes the leader. You can become a very good player, 
But Drew Holiday is a very good player who was not a leader. Yeah. And I think Zion is not the leader. So it has to be, it has to be B.I. or it's not on the roster. I agree with you. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I, I think that that I think that's a from what we've been shown, I think that's a very clear take that he's not the leader on. I mean, look, look at who was scheduling offseason workouts. Like look at who was getting the guys together. Look at uh even, you know, look at this series, the the person who has been taking up for the other players when Chris Paul is talking shit to him or pulling guys away from refs. I, I think even though BI is it, it, it's it's yeah, I think I think people mistake uh leadership sometimes they think you have to be loud and you have to be boisterous and you have to be fiery i think bi is a is a calm quiet leader and a lot of times he leads by example and whether that be his off-season workouts where you hear he's doing two a days and gaining muscle and doing all these other things um yeah i don't think that's a hot take man i think bi is the clear leader of the team i think bi is is the I'll probably get Rosie for this. I think Beyonce is the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. I agree with you. I think you have to make him that at this point because you tell me this too. If you're Brandon Ingram and you spent this whole year as the centerpiece of this franchise, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you know what the record is when you, when he plays. You did all this this whole year. You did it was without Zion Williamson, who you don't really have a relationship with. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about that. They don't, they're not their enemies or anything, but I'm saying you, yeah. you haven't played with this dude. Right. You haven't played with this dude. But you've been there and you've established yourself now. You got people talking about you. And I think it demeans Brandon Ingram when I see memes of Zion behind glass and, and they got B.I. going to break some glass to get Zion out. B.I.'s been here the whole time, man. He's been here. To, he, he shows up now. You can, we can talk about his injuries. We can talk about those things. But he's been here. And his yeah. his mentality in this series, the first four games, he was having as good a run as anybody has ever had in their first four games of yep. a playoff career. Yep. So why then do you think that he would give that up next season and go back into the background and say, this is Zion's team now? Why why would Brandon Ingram do that? He he if it's me, if I'm leading this team. Right. If I got a guy I know who I can depend on, a guy who's going to show up even. Right. Like I know people talk about his injuries and, you know, this, that and the third. But I've also seen him play through injury. Right. I've seen him. I see most importantly, I've seen him show up in shape. I've seen him give a damn about the team. And he's. He's engaged with the team. You bring CJ in immediately they go to dinner they talk about how they want to play together bi has embraced the city in a way where i'm not even gonna talk about zion i'm talking about bi right that's what i'm saying to me it's it's like you this dude has given you his the the example is there it's disrespectful it's it's disrespectful And, and and look i say this often why is bi not on the side of the building why is there no Brandon? In- Why is Brandon Ingram nowhere in in the arena, on the arena, outside? I mean, you got, arena. Yeah, you got that giant mural of Zion on the parking deck of the New Orleans Center of Benson Tower. Yeah, that's that's New Orleans Center. We 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 know it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's not a bi. Yeah, there's no bi. 
that's that shit is a travesty, man. They need to fix that. I, I saw they took uh the Zion off the ticket shit, but like you added CJ, you added B. Man, B I is the centerpiece. We we are not we are not here without Brandon Ingram. And I feel like the organization is along with not playing him for the his his betterment. I feel like they kind of sending the message to Zion also. Like, yo, look, we we got here, we we got here without you. So, you know, you you gotta get that shit together and come back, you know what I'm saying, and, and come back in a way where it's not appeasing. It's not an appeasement or it's not a you got to come back and you got to be one of us. Yeah, you got to figure out how to fit in. You got exactly because that was my thing. When he comes back, it's not like we we don't have to get or B.I. shouldn't have to get situated to Zion. No, Zion should have to get situated to Brandon. B.I.'s earned it. He's earned it now. He's earned the right of being the franchise player. He's done it over three years now. And so to me, he's earned that presence, that weight. And, and so, yeah, Zion has to earn it. And I think that would be the best thing for him wherever he is. If he, if he says, I'm happy in New Orleans, I want to work it out and I want to join in, then you need to earn that too. You, need to, you, you should want to. You should, you should be confident enough in yourself because if you're the great player, if you are going to be a legend in the NBA, then there is no shaking the fact that if I come back and I do what I do, oh, it's going to be my team anyway. Exactly. So, so, you know what I'm saying? So you, if you, Kobe Bryant walked into the NBA at 19, at 18 years old and said, I'm the best player on the Lakers, knowing that Shaq, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, all of those, I'm the best. I'm the best. That's what greatness is. You don't have to be validated in it. Michael Jordan never had to be convinced. You know, you don't have to convince Russell Westbrook for better or for worse that Russell Westbrook is a great player. You have to have that mindset that it's not about the conditions around you. You have, you have to quite literally believe that you can change them by yourself. That's what great players believe. I think that the, I think the thing with um, Zion is I, I, I don't know him personally and I don't know his life. So when I say this, I'm strictly talking basketball. Yeah. I think he's never had to face adversity basketball wise before. I feel like this is a telling, this is a, this is a, big moment for him as far as how his career can go. Like you said, if it's not here anywhere, because I mean, we all want the best for him, regardless. If he's not playing here, like, I don't give a fuck. He's a young man. I want the best for him. So, but along with not being born into leadership, and this is not Zion I'm speaking about, but I'm saying people aren't born into leadership. I think the thing that separates Brandon from Zion is, I think Brandon has this it's quiet and it's low key, but he has this dog in him, right? Where I don't really know Zion's a dog. I'm not sure. He hasn't really shown that. Have you, I, I, and it bothered me when people said that, you know, I think there was some this week that came where somebody said, CJ, CJ was on a podcast to talk about, well, Zion's not talking to the media. You know, we, I, we talked to him, but he, you're going to have to talk to him eventually, dude. It's your job, bro. It's going to eventually you have to answer the questions. So running from them doesn't help. And that's the thing is that, and again, he's, I think he's mistaken this whole thing and talking about, well, the media is against him in New Orleans. Nobody's against him. There's not a single person who's against Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Nobody. 
But what they are against is not knowing. Nobody wants to be lied to. It's just like any other relationship in your life. If you got a spouse, you got a best friend, you got a road dog, whatever it is. If you tell me you're going to be here in 10 minutes, I'm expecting you in 10 minutes. With Zion, that's not been the case. Where he say it go, he's that dude, I, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes, but he ain't gotten in the shower yet to get dressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's his reputation right now because you're not there. And that's just how life works. If you're not there, you can't establish a presence. You own, you own nothing. You have no, there's no section of that locker room that's his, except his locker. But B.I. has been there to establish those relationships. And the rest of these guys on his team, you're talking about the only people who have played with Zion left on this roster are B.I., Jax, and Kyra. Yeah, Kyra. So you, the majority, and Ooh, Najee. Oh, uh, Willie. Willie. Yeah, Najee. I mean, Billy don't count. Billy don't count. Yeah. Billy don't count. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing against Billy. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I it's not it. like he's going to be spending a ton of time with Zion on the court. Yeah. The rest of these dudes have never played with him. They don't. And that's why people, that's what bothers me, too, is that if you insert, they have no idea what they're missing. Trey Murphy has never practiced with Zion Williamson. Yep. Herbert Jones has never practiced with Zion Williamson. They have no idea what they're missing. They, they, they've seen him on video. They've seen him in practice, whatever, on the side. But they have no idea in a game what they're missing. So, again, Zion has to fit into the thing. And that's what this all is going to be about over the course of these next few months is if your identity is we're going to be these working, hard-ass, you know, this is what the Pelicans are, that's the identity you've established over the last month or so, then Zion has to be part of that. Then that's the mindset he has to have, too. And that's a conversation that will take place. And I hope he's on board. I hope he is. Me too, because there's a narrative. I mean, nobody wants, like you said, nobody wishes ill will on Zion. I want Zion to be here. I want Zion to play. I still think he's a generational talent. You know what I'm saying? Like his first jump, I mean, excuse me, his second jump is the, the quickest I've ever seen in my life. And, and, Rodman and, might be the only one I compare. Rodman? Rodman, Rodman that okay. second jump. Okay. Rodman, because Rodman get two, three, four, five. Remember, he never- yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, and, and I, I guess that's the, the other thing with Zion that's a little weird, too, is because you would think with that second jump, he would be a better rebounder than he is. So, again, will, uh, effort, uh, determination, these are things, like, when you draft and play, you want her, I'm looking at her, her but dog, I see it in him. I, it's quiet, he don't really talk, but I see it. I know We know that guy. Exactly. You went to school. We all went to school with that dude who was quiet. You ain't bought, you but you know, don't fuck with that dude. Yeah, that's that. Nah, that that's that man. Don't don't fool with that man. He don't bother nobody, but don't bother yep. him. <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure. Yep, that's how it is. I, I feel like you get more people in the organization like that. You get more. You 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 bring in that kind of talent and. That attitude is more of an attitude thing, right? You got you bringing guys who want to be here. Now, and this is not a shot as I am for anybody who's listening. I'm not even talking about Zion, but I'm just saying in general, like you bring in like mindedness. Skill I, is only so much of this. Yeah. Look, I, I was watching Mikhail Bridges interview yesterday. And I mean, first of all, I love Mikhail. I, w- I wish her, her was who I compared Mikhail to anyway, right? Mm-hmm. 
But Mikel was like, he said, I love this team. I feel like the, the people on this team are my best friends. And that probably is bullshit. I don't know. That comes I'm from winning. Gonna... If they were, again, if they were 30 and exactly. 52, right. he ain't saying that. Exactly. Exactly. But just, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 it sounds good. It's how you bring a locker room together. That's that's the kind of camaraderie you you need in 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 those kind of instances. So I, I I would we on a we on a way to get there. It's it's a slow process. I mean, shit, we got nothing but time because I didn't I didn't had Dan Dickow and uh, <laughs> Jimmer Fredette and uh, Melvin Eli. So I I, right. I got time. Julian, man, shout out to you, man. I was in a wedding with you a couple <laughs> a couple months ago. Really? Yeah, man. Did look, he, drop, cool. he didn't have to catch nothing, did he? <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool with you. I'm cool with Julian's brother. It's crazy. Like they, they, yeah. It's yeah. Julian but, can do everything. He can run. He can jump, but he could not catch. Dude is a freak. He's a freak athlete. I never can't catch. Can't has the worst hands I ever seen on a basketball player in my life. Man, he. I mean, you I think about like Cedric Simmons, Hilton Armstrong. Now you think Mama about all. Lord. Come on, dude. We have lived through some horrible things. We have lived through some horrible basketball. Um. Uh, look, I was messing with Chris the other day. Chris was talking about man. Chris coming back to New Orleans. Chris Paul's coming back to New Orleans, and he, you know, he in familiar territory. He ain't never seen a guard. He ain't never had a guard to play with before because book was out, right? So I was like, you telling me Gennaro Pargo didn't exist? You telling me Chris couldn't pass? <laughs> and he was like, man, get out of here. But but no, we've been in we've been in dire need of talent forever. So that's what I'm saying. Like, don't rush the process. We're in a good spot. Like, just just keep rolling. Yeah. Winning. Bro, I, I wish we had done the questions, but. I think the conversation was better. I, I'll get to the questions. I'll write that shit up, but and I'll take care of it. I'll write it up and put it on a scoop, um, Pelican scoop. But I, I wanted to have the conversation with you because we had not gotten to have just me and you an extended conversation. Yeah. And I was like, let's let's do this. Man, and I'm, I'm honest, like, for real, man, for real. Like, you know, I've been listening to you forever. I've been arguing with you uh, back and forth in my head. <laughs> not arguing, but you know what I'm saying? Just like, just talking. And shit, I'm 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 I like like I told you on Reggie Floyd shit. Shout out to Reggie Floyd. I appreciate you for all you've done. I appreciate guys like you. You know what I'm saying, Ali and and Jake and Schmidt and everybody in the community, especially for accepting me because I understand. You know what I'm saying. I, I'm new as far as people hearing me talk, but I've been talking shit on basketball on my timeline forever. But and I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity and just you know chopping it up with me, man. Like. This platform for me is all about people that I respect. Um, and when I see people that are passionate and knowledgeable and can back up what they say, they're always welcome here. And, you know, I, I put a lot of people on um, not to, to blow them up, but because I want to be challenged too. you know, I want to have that conversation. I want to have somebody come at me and, and, and maybe present something that I hadn't thought about. You know, th this is my show so to speak, but it ain't my show. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I view myself as like a facilitator of a conversation. It's not an interview. We had a conversation about basketball for two hours. And, yeah, um, yeah, it didn't even feel like two hours, though. That's the crazy part. Yeah, 
We had a conversation and we could get up from this. This could this this could have happened in a bar. It could happen at a cookout. It could happen at wherever we would have done this. And it would have been a two hour conversation. Yep. Yep. It wouldn't have been different. And I respect you. And, you you know, I respect the, 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 the corner that you hold down. And so, you know, keep doing what you do, man. And I'm gonna keep doing what I do. And um, I hope one day I'll be on your podcast and we talk on there. For and sure. you're always welcome here. Yeah, man. No, we definitely go link up. Like, for sure. Again, I definitely appreciate it. And I got to say this every time I talk. This dude is annoying, man. Well, shout out to Chris Connor. Uh, I really appreciate that guy, man. He's the reason. He, look, man, it's crazy. Look, because people have been asking me, people have been asking me to be on podcasts, talk, et cetera. And I just was like, nah, I kept saying no. I was like, nah, man, I don't want to do none of that shit. I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I've got my little corner and I'm, I'm here. I'm tweeting shit out. And Chris pulled me to the side one day. He was just like, brother, what you, what, what are you doing? So you we know, had that told, same conversation at, at one point. Because Chris was, me. yeah, he was looking for a direction. And I was like, Chris, I said, stop trying to do this shit and do that shit. I said, just do you, man. Cause he was, he, he came to me with an idea and he wanted to do something. And I was like, that's not you. That's not you. I said, do you. And it took him a while to find that space. But once he did, now he's running with it. And it's, he was trying to be somebody else at first. And I think that's what we all did that. When I first yeah. got into the industry, I was copying other people. And, and, you know, the thing that we, that we talked about when we first met, it's about authenticity, man. People can smell bullshit. And if you are fake, yeah. It's going to come off in your writing. It's going to come off in your talk. It's going to come off in your tweets. It's, it's there. If you're fake, if you plan yeah. for an audience, if you're trying to be somebody else, it's going to come off. And you have never, you have never tried to be anybody other than you do. So I respect that. And even when I don't agree with you and you don't always agree with me, I don't give a shit. Um, but you're going to come from where you come from. And I know you're going to back up what you got to say. And you know what it is too? Uh, the, the, the agreeance thing, I think people get misconstrued is that like, if I disagree with an opinion, people feel like you saying, fuck them. I'm not, I'm, it's not that at all. Like we can, bro, we can, we can, there's people who, de- who come in my mentions and they debate me all the time. And I read what they have to say. And I give my spill on it and you give your spill on it. You give me your side. And at the end of the day, like it's love. It's, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, it, it, it's 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 people who have i think i feel like they have trouble communicating their point in it and they get frustrated but i'm not i'm never coming from a place of malice you know what i'm saying so no nah, like the first anytime we talk yeah man we we not we we are different human beings we not go agree on everything that's 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 one and then it's basketball so how i see it and how you see it is always going to be different it's perspective, exactly. how you were taught the game, how you learned, what you watched growing up, all those things influence how you interpret the game. So, but I, I know, you know, the, the principles, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you can't play, you can't play the piano unless you know all the notes. Now Beethoven don't play it the same way as Ray Charles don't play it as the same way as, you know, uh, Pharrell on the keys. They all going to be right. different, but they right. all know the basics. Right. You know, what I'm saying? every great every great person started with the basics. And so if you don't know the basics and that's the people I have a problem with on Twitter is people who come at me and it's 100 percent opinion. And no basis for it, like Easy. you can't you can't stand on it. If I'm asking right. you, why are you saying this? 
you know mine. You know I'm putting why I said what I said. But but cats come at you and be like, no. <laughs> what, what is that? That's not a response, dude. That's not. not a response. I think this is better. Why? Why is that better? You know, we need more threes. That's not an opinion. That's not a take. This this sounds like, look, uh, Justin from Boot Crew did this thing where he put up who was the most, uh, who would you say was the most improved player on the Pels this season? So I said B.I. And everybody was like, B.I.? How, how the fuck could B.I. improve? How, how, how? And I'm like, well, like you said, people were saying no. Or they LOL'd or, you know what I'm saying, some, some weird nerd shit that they do on the internet. And I'm like, I said I really shouldn't have to explain this, but I will explain it to you. If I'm looking, I'm looking at B.I.B., I got better li- literally in every way this year as a leader, as a, as a, as a, he played better defense. He was a better facilitator. He, his, his mid range is fucking water, right? Like that's improvement. I don't think like, what are you not looking at? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I once I explained it, people were, they, they kind of got it, but then some people were like, uh, they were saying jacks, and that, and and once you said that, I was just like, we don't have nothing to talk about. No, Jax has the same numbers that at his rookie year. They're all they're basically the same. They're the same. He hasn't changed. And I told, and you know, like I said with Bi, he went from statistical all star to actual all star. Because to me, an all a real I don't work. People get all caught up in this stuff about who made this and. No, I don't care about them awards. I don't care about them because those are votes. That's subjective. That's subjective. Right. right. What's real is winning. And this year, compared to years past, the things that B.I. did on the court led to winning. I think his first year he was figuring out, oh, I could score in the NBA. You know, year one, yeah. that, oh, I could get buckets because he, yeah. he was going on with that, you know, 10, 12, 14 points with the Lakers those first couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He gets, first year he gets the New Orleans, like, I got buckets. Okay, I got buckets. And he came, we talking about, dude, year one came in, no basketball in the offseason. Remember? Coming off yeah, surgery, right. couldn't right. lift his arm. Right, remember, didn't right. take a shot before training camp. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember. So you take that for year one. Last year, now he had to adjust to Zion. You know, it really trying to figure, and you got all this other shit going on with you traded out Drew Bledsoe's on here. What are we doing with Zoe? There's no stability around him. He doesn't have a guard who that you can really trust because Lonzo, as much as the things that I like about him, the one thing he is not is vocal. The thing that it, like I, like when you talk about that relationship with CJ, he and CJ can communicate. Lonzo's mm-hmm. not going to talk all that. That's not who he is. You can't make a man be what he's not. He also not so, prove the defense either, but right. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, as far as yeah, like, no, you know, no, I, I, I'm just throwing shots. A- <laughs> so, so you, you had all that last year, all that chaos and nonsense, and the shit going down with Stan and that relationship. He comes back this year. The scoring numbers are not noticeably higher. The shooting numbers are not noticeably different. But it's win because before last season, Bi was one of the worst fourth quarter scorers in the league. Yeah. This year, we saw him perform better in fourth quarters. He still had his, mo- has his moments, but this is the growth of a player. Like you said, he improved. So you expect him to see more improvement. He has now been in these situations. We, j- we just saw it in game four, him at closing a game. We just saw it in the playoffs. So 
Yeah, if you want to talk about improvement, the B.I. you got year one was just a score. The B.I. you have now is a, is a cornerstone of your basketball team. That's improvement. That's improvement. That That's a guy who put the – that's a dog, though. That's a dog. That's what I'm saying. You got a guy who – you got a guy who, who possibly could have basketball taken away from him because of the blood clot issues, right, who didn't touch a basketball – came in and was still the best version of himself. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what more people want from Brandon Ingram, man. I, I don't know. I think the only thing the only thing you you, you ask about him is, is continue to get your body right. Continue yeah. to get get stronger, continue to get more, you know, physically able. That's that's the only thing. It's not about getting size. He doesn't need to get size. It's just going to continue to be more definition. It's going to be about consistent strength being able to endure and also, and and that takes time for him because he lost an entire year literally of his, of being able to work out. And then you had the the pandemic and all those things and that changed a lot of stuff too. So I think we're just now, this is now really the BI that, that you had to combine those first two years. Really that's, that's that way. That should have been one year of growth that took two years because of the circumstances. Now with stability, He'll go into next season with the same coach for the first time since he was with the Lakers for the second. You know, he hadn't had the same coach for two years since he was with the Lakers. Crazy. So you put that going into next year. Those are things that you start looking at rather than just saying, well, the public is going to jump from 36 wins to 56. It's it's not that quick. It doesn't happen like that. But what you're looking for, I want to see B.I. take that next level. Can he become a top 15 guy? Can he become a top 20 guy? Because that's where he has to get to next. Yeah. He's a top 50 guy in the league, sure. Yeah. But he, to get to that all-NBA level, that's the next step. And mentally, it seems as if this year he started to figure out what it takes to get to that place. And, and, and just being more, a, a more consistent defender, that, that's the other thing. But, I mean, young, 24, I hate to, I hate to use the age thing, but like you said, he, he's missed a lot of time and he's been in inconsistent situations. So, I mean, that takes a lot from your development and your growth as a player, but he's heading down, he's heading down that, that path. And I feel like, honestly, just speaking of, this is just me strictly speaking as a fan, you've never had a guy like Brandon Ingram in New Orleans before. You've never had that type of talent. I'm just excited to see him just keep growing, just keep growing and developing. I think talent-wise, as far as a score, like the only one that was close just as pure, like the ability to score in so many different ways was MASH, but we only yeah. got to see MASH for one year, really. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we got one year MASH and his knee was gone. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, but as far as complete scoring ability and the understanding, I'll tell you this, year one, year one, I, you know, as Pelicans coaches, the thing that they told me about Biot, I said the biggest problem with him was he didn't know how to get to his spots. He didn't know where his spots on the floor were. He didn't know how to get to them. That's maturation. Now you see, you're not seeing a whole bunch of these possessions where he's dribbling for 10 seconds and then getting into stuff. It's two dribbles, get to my spot, bang, boom. And, and that's what the great ones do. I mean, you know, like if you watch any great score and they tell you what they do before a game, all they're doing is thinking about, I know how to get to this spot. Against this guy, I can get to that spot. I got. I, I remember watching Bernard King talk about something. He said, there are 16 spots on the floor I know I can shoot from anytime I want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's what great that's that that's when you reach that level that's when you get the golden glow you know <laughs> that's crazy that's 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 having so many that's that's what you that's a bag for real because it, it, it it's you take away one thing like you say you got 16 right you take away one thing i got 15 other positions i could score in you you can't take anything away from me like if i miss this on me it ain't gonna be on you tonight if i'm off it's on me and you see that you know you watch when you watched um the last dance no yeah. matter who they brought up with michael jordan if he had a bad game he's like it wasn't him <laughs> like with even the glove, like man, I frustrated Mike, and he did. He had Mike shooting below forty percent for the series. Mike, like, I don't wow. give a fuck about Gary. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> he is not going to concede that he, anybody has ever stopped him. If, if I had a bad game, it was on me. It wasn't on you. You didn't make it. You have a bad game. That's that's the mentality, though. That's the mentality. But I mean, Mike is Mike. Not too many people have had that mentality. No, he's insane. You know. Yeah. But. That's, I mean, that's what you're trying to aspire to. If that's you, and I think a lot of it is you're either born with it or you're not. I mean, you, when you go to youth games, there are kids, if you, you, when you are teaching youth basketball, there's, there's a kid in that group who you don't have to motivate at all. You don't have to motivate that. He wants to compete or she wants to compete. That kid, you didn't teach them that. You're teaching them the game, but you're not teaching them how to compete. Yeah. I can't give you that. I can't give you that. Com- competitiveness is not something you can pick up at practice. That's, that's, that's in your heart, or it's not. That's a dog. That's a dog. You born with that. If you ain't, if you, if you didn't get it, if you didn't earn that, you not go have that. That's not <laughs> a skill. It, it doesn't matter what the field is. If Jose Alvarado was an Uber driver, that motherfucker would be the most hustling Uber driver you ever had. He, he would get all the five stars that he could get. <laughs> over the course of a night. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's your mentality, Herb Jones would be the dude that, oh, oh, I got, if Herb Jones was a mailman, every piece of mail getting delivered today. My route is precise. Like, you know what I'm saying? He come back, you're like, look at my bag. My route is precise. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. And the Pelicans are getting more of those dudes, and that's a good sign. I love to see it. Keep, keep, please, keep, please keep bringing me. Please keep finding me gems. Find me another herd. More dogs, man. More please, dogs. Man, please. Bruh, I appreciate it. So tell good, the folks, man. they, of course, you know, they know how to follow you, but tell them <laughs> again. Tell them how they man, to follow you. Keep uh, up with man, your shit. I'm on, I'm on uh, Twitter, man. Uh, it's Lito, L I T O underscore T H E G A W D. Um, I don't have an Instagram, so. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't like i don't like i don't like the internet but you go to the website you go to boot crew media oh yeah man i'm tripping yeah wow jesus christ Propels talk uh boot crew media uh also i got a podcast on my own uh it's called the Godcast. you can look at at any um apple spotify whatever whatever wherever you find podcasts you can find that um yeah man that's it that's it for me so we're gonna do this again we're gonna do this again man Anytime, bro. I, again, I appreciate you having me. Anytime, man. Just call me. I'm there. I got you. I hear you, bro. Same. Same. You know, we, I appreciate we, that. We, it's same street, different lanes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we, look, I got, I got a, me and Chris was talking, man. We got a, I, I got an idea. We going to get, we going to, we going to, we going to make this shit work. All right. All right. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. All right. We're going to talk about it offline. 
Ooh. All right, so four, Lido the God. I yes, am sir. David Grubb. Y'all know how to get at me at DM Grubb, Instagram, Twitter, and you know Hard in the Paint wherever you need to find it. Until the next time, this has been Hard in the Paint. Ooh.